G'day everyone and welcome to episode 84 of Double Jumper Radio. I'm your host Tabia and I'm joined once again by my co-host John. John, how are you my friend? I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, I've got this week off and it was my birthday recently so kind of smooth times lately. <laughs> the last oh, happy, happy belated birthday. Thank you. When was your actual birthday? It was on um, Sunday. So didn't do Sunday. anything. Just it's oh. just <laughs> oh, happy birthday for Sunday. Sorry, man. I no, it's like um, I, no, didn't I never it expected. It. <laughs> um, but it's like I don't tell anyone. Um, but it's uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, smooth times lately. I guess is the way to say it. Lots of games, which I'll talk about later. And, That's um, good. And the Sony Showcase, which we get to, which is like I don't know. It wasn't really. I oh, will get to it later. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Well, yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy, crazy week. Sorry, everyone, that we uh, skipped last week. I had something come up uh, at work. And, uh, yeah, in short, uh, I'll be looking to move into a more creative role, hopefully, um, in, in a couple of months. So taking a little break from where I, where I was to, to uh, finding the next next gig that I'll be a part of. So... Let's see how that goes. Um, uh, uh, I'll actually uh, I'll actually be away for the next four weeks, uh, on my honeymoon. Finally, <laughs> three years later, I can finally go on our honeymoon. So I'll I'll be leaving I'll be leaving you guys in the very capable hands of John here. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I've been practicing my script. <laughs> that's literally what I've been doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's gonna be yeah. So next. However long month ish. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, I guess we can, let's um, I guess we can finally announce that we have an a new official double jump community Discord. You can uh, find the links in the show notes uh, below. Uh, but otherwise, if you put in the code uh, that you see. At the in the episode, I was going to read it out, and then I realized that it's probably not going to be the most riveting <laughs> thing to read out. So find it in the show notes or in in the WordPress post that'll go up after this. So yeah, we've got a new Discord. Everyone's welcome. Just don't be a douche. Be kind to one another, and you'll be you'll be fine. <laughs> Ways to live by. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you since you did mention the PlayStation Showcase, John. How about we head straight into the news and uh, cover the, I guess, the elephant in the room over the past week. Yeah, so this past Thursday, I think it was Thursday, uh, Sony uh, held a, a, I guess like it's direct style uh, video stream. Uh, it wasn't called the State of Play it was just called the PlayStation Showcase. Yeah, My, right. yeah. I, I think from I think because the state of play tends to be more focused on Sony's first party games, so maybe this is probably why. Because aside from I think one main game, everything else was from third party studios, which is uh, 
bit of a departure for Sony. Oh, sort of. Like, There's a lot of yeah. PlayStation specific ones. I know what you mean. But like, yeah, it, there's yeah, definitely I mean, a mix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, uh, like Sony-owned studios mm. uh, weren't showing off as much as other other showcases that Sony's done. So, how about we uh, we we kick things off uh, and, and talk through uh, each of the things that were shown off at the show, and then uh. For some of the ones that are a bit more prominent, we'll we might pause and and talk a little bit more com uh, a little bit more in depth about our impressions of those particular titles. Uh, the first first thing to kick off the show was fair game dollar sign or fair games as I'm sure it's meant to be <laughs> read. Yeah. Uh, this is an extraction shooter, uh, which you'll you, you'll see a couple of multiplayer shooters throughout the show, uh, but this one's prominent because it's. Uh, the first game from Haven Studios, which uh, Jade Raymond, uh, most famously known as the co-creator of Assassin's Creed, as well as uh, I think I Am Alive, and then also tried to do get something started at EA, and then Stadia, and now yeah. at our own studio. Um, and um, I'm pretty yeah. sure PlayStation own Haven as well. Yes, I think that was uh, late last year we, we covered that story there, so... Yeah, finally we're we're getting to see um, one of Sony's own uh, extraction shooters throughout the show. Uh, mm. I don't really have much to say about that. It looks fine, I guess. Yeah, it's not much to say <laughs> with a very CG trailer that doesn't say yeah. much. I think, That's which is like, I, I have no problem with mm. CG trailers myself. A lot of people do, um, but it's like it's like an announcement trailer, so it makes sense in that way. Yeah, but it's um, that, it doesn't. That's a lot in this show. We've, like a lot of not actual gameplay or n not the traditional message you see where it says captured on a PS4 Pro or captured on a PS5. So we didn't get a lot of that this, this time around. Sorry, yeah. No, no, it's, it's all good. Um, but it, um, a lot of I saw a lot of people drawing comparisons to Hyenas. Is that what's called? Mm -hmm. The Sega title? And yep. um, there was another one that I forget the, the name of now. <laughs> Yeah, the finals. Even though it's finals isn't that one doesn't look very similar at all, really. Mm. It, but it's like I understand why people are kind of drawing similarities in terms of like tone mm. and aesthetic, and just kind of yeah, generally being you know anti-billionaire sort of anti-capitalist yeah. sort of tones in games that are made to make money, which is like that <laughs> is fine, say, but yeah. it's it's very um, you know, they're within <laughs> genres that are trying to yeah, <laughs> like drain as much money from the player base as possible as they yeah. feel they're capable of in you know yeah. it's like yeah, I, it's not a huge deal i like those themes but it's it's yeah. um yeah it is kind of funny and now there's these two games that people don't have strong feelings or understandings <laughs> of and they seem to be kind of the same yeah so yeah. and then there's payday 3 which won't be quite as um sardonic i imagine in how it's um in its presentation, but that one's coming in a similar time mm. frame as well, I think. Mm. So a lot of similar heisty games, I think, coming up. Yeah, and and another one that got announced later in this very show. Uh, so right. right after, right after Fair Game Dollar S, uh, we got a an introduction from Jim Ryan. I don't know. I, I he still sucks. <laughs> I still remember his his like comments about. Why? Why do we need backwards compatibility? Like all these years ago, and he just—I don't know—he just continues to. He's like what I—he's like somehow the 
you, you take one of the executives that helped launch the Xbox One. Like, remember that suite of executives before Phil, um, before uh, Phil Spencer kind of took over. Like, he seems like a suit from that era, but somehow is keeping PlayStation going. <laughs> like, I, PlayStation I guess, is, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't feel. I don't, Ryan says some grosser things historically, so yes. I don't like remember, him. But I don't really like any of these corporate heads. I at think. least he wasn't um, trying to distract us by talking about his cats or something this time. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah that, that was nice <laughs> of him. Um, yeah. So uh, following that, we had a uh, a an, a jingoistic trailer, which is it, it was designed so it was designed to be like a in-universe enlistment kind of motivational video to join the Hell Divers, and this uh, at the end we've got a we've got the title relieve uh, uh, reveal. That this was a reveal trailer for Helldivers Two, um, John. You, I think you you mentioned Helldivers before. Uh, I think that was like a PS4, like a co-op shooter, like early, very early PS4. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So this trailer was extremely Starship Troopers for mm. like it's it's very <laughs> unsubtle about its inspiration. Yes. That, uh, um, yes. Yes. But yes. it's um. Space yeah. Space. But if you, it's an old thing, so I get why people. <laughs> wouldn't necessarily connect it um yeah but i'm very excited about helldivers uh, like there's been awareness of helldivers 2 for a while because helldivers mm. the first one came on pc and ps4 like it had to be like a decade ago or something now i think it was like 2014 or something yeah yeah it's been a while very um early. i really liked it a lot of people really liked it um i played mm. a lot with my sister it's like it, that game unlike this one was a top-down sort of objective based sort of like survival like you know twin stick shooter and a lot of what defined that game was its co-op play because not only was it just what not only was it like a co-op twin stick shooter you had friendly fire on was on you couldn't turn it off (laughs) so it was very easy to kill each other basically because everything could hurt each other and like there was a there was a sense of um so players were very fragile, not just to themselves, but to everything and to the mm-hmm. environment. So, you know, like even like a player landing could destroy enemies as well as other players <laughs> in the <laughs> Helldiver. I think that's wow. my memory of it, at least. Did, is this the game that also had like an element of like fan voting for things to happen in the game? I'm not sure oh, if this I was one know. of those. Like, uh, I think it might have been one of those early Twitch kind of integrations where I think spectators could like vote on things happening in the game but maybe I'm thinking of a different game maybe I'm thinking of another top down shooter from that was a zombie one I think had something like that when it came out on PS4 I forget the name of that one Um, Mm. but it's but this game because this is a CG trailer no it was it it had gameplay didn't it I don't know because they've shifted from at least they showed what That's gameplay what I was should look to like? Because it looked very CG to me, and like, like it, it, because it's meant to be like a, you know, like a in-universe kind of enlistment video. I kind of took it as a, oh, this is what, imagine like a, this is what it would look like on the ground, but the game itself is still kind of that top-down, uh, twin-stick shooter. But uh, maybe I'd, I'd maybe. be. I yeah maybe I guess there's a possibility that I I do think they just I think this is a lot like how Risk of Rain went from mm. 2D side scroller to behind the back 3D shooter. Mm. Um, I think it's a very similar deal where it's like 
they made this first game very well and then they kind of shifted perspectives in a very dramatic way yep. with the second game. So it, it's, okay. I have a lot of like, because I was seeing a lot of comments as well after people like were very thrown off by how generic it looks. Um, but the genericness is part of it, <laughs> you know, like it's part of its kind of tone and aesthetic. I don't think it looks generic. Like, I think it looks nice, but it's it's not. It's it is meant to be kind of cookie cutter in a way. Um, yeah. Anyway, but after the first game, I would, I personally trust the developer a lot to make something okay. that's at least worthwhile. Because like you, oh, it would be using the same basic. Uh, that's kind of why it reminds me of Risk of Rain because like Risk of Rain Two is like the same basic toolkit, like the game mechanics of the first game just made 3D. Mm-hmm. And that obviously that changes a lot of things, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, a lot of the same gotcha. DNA. I think I'm I'm expecting the same deal here. So, you know, still lots of friendly fire and yeah. stuff like, and, you know, same sort of like objective-based co-op play, which, hmm. I don't know, I just hope it's good. I think it's like, it's obviously they got like a big upgrade in like budget, from Sony after and like they're obviously investing them as probably more of a service game this time because Helldivers was a bit of a mix at the time like you know there was like support afterwards but it didn't um, it wasn't meant to continue infinitely because yeah. you know eventually they moved on to this title so um, I'm very I'm very curious about it personally but um, yeah not sure there's too much else to know yet hmm. no, yeah. fair enough fair enough no I um yeah we'll uh Hopefully, find out a little bit more soon. Hmm. Uh, the the next uh, trailer was for Ascendant Studios' uh, Unreal Engine Five powered uh, third person magic shooter <laughs> is how I describe it. Like hmm. it, it think of um, I don't know if you ever remember, but there was a game on the Xbox three hundred and sixty slash PC back in the day called Shadowrun, which itself was like a remake. It was kind of yeah. like a um, like a Unreal Tournament with Magic. So it's it's that idea, but first person. So you picture, it's very Doom, like 2016, Doom Eternal-like, kind of, you know, you'll, there's a lot of circle strafing, a lot of enemies on screen, but instead of just, you know, using plain shot, you know, weapons like shotguns and things like that, you've got magic abilities and, and you know, spells that you're casting to do damage. And yes, I was thinking throughout that entire trailer, why does the main character look so familiar? And he is being played by Darren Barnett, uh, who people, or Barney, who people might know as uh, Paxton Hall Yoshida from the Netflix show Never Have I Ever. So that's why that face kind of looks familiar. Uh, being an Unreal Engine 5 game, it looks really good. A lot of the, the lighting, especially a lot of the particle effects, look really nice. I'm I'm guessing that there's a lot of kind of re- ray-traced reflections and things like that that result in a lot of realistic looking kind of, you know, lighting effects from, from like the spells and and the kind of the magic that's getting like thrown around everywhere. So that that's um that that's gonna be something that I'd be look for looking forward to playing. Uh look forward to playing hopefully uh soon if it doesn't get delayed again. <laughs> yeah. Um I've like yeah. I think the developers have been drawing comparisons to COD as well, like Call of Duty, mm. which I'm finding like that's I think that's where a lot of the premise came from. Like yeah. the overall concept is like it was a developer who was working on Call of Duty and going, I really want to make a magic version of this and now it's happening. <laughs> now it's coming out. Uh, I think that's like a lot of how that <laughs> game happened or um so I'm surprised I'm kinda... Call of Duty hasn't done it itself. <laughs> Maybe. I've <laughs> 
Magic oh. Warfare is coming out soon. Mm. I'm curious how it turns out. Like I, mm. I don't get too much personally. Like it's not something that I'm. Not, I haven't been too drawn into it, but I'm very curious about the reception. Because, yes. yeah, it, it, I think it definitely looks like a game that's you know it's like a seemingly like a single player campaign shooter, mm. which I don't think they make it many without multiplayer <laughs> no. segments anymore. Yeah. So I'm curious about how they could really justify a higher price tag for i mean they can you know justify it by making a good game basically so i'm kind of wondering quite how it's going to turn out we'll we'll take that at this day at this point in 2023 we'll take a game that actually runs properly (laughs) (laughs) just do that and you've already got an eight (laughs) yeah i I think a lot of people felt the same way from dead rising 2 where it's like that game sounds fine but it's just like the fact that it was like kind of immaculate technically really pushed people a lot more positivity <laughs> towards that game than I think most people expected. Now, well, speaking of uh, games ending with the number two, uh, that we got a teaser for Ghost Runner 2, the, I should say, like, first-person parkour cyberpunk adventure, uh, mm. like, action game. Uh, we got a very brief teaser of that. And that was kind of it. <laughs> it was very, very short. Yeah, uh, it's got a motorcycle yeah. in it, is basically yes. the gist of it. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's all you really need to know. And then after that, we actually got a uh, um, we actually got a pretty pretty cool look at a game that I wasn't really expecting. Uh, a game called Phantom Blade Zero, which is coming from S Game, uh, best known for uh, the Phantom Blade mobile games. Oh, okay. This is going to be the studio's first console release, like first kind of large, like major scale project, and. It looks very cool. Like, uh, it seems to be like you're 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 playing a samurai or, you know, a samurai s character, in a Bloodborne style kind of. It's like Ninja Gaiden meets Bloodborne in terms of the way the characters look and the way that the action kind of moves. It and and I'd I'd also mix in a little bit of um, Metal Gear Rising in terms of the the action there. So, mm-hmm. you're some sort of um, samurai taking on uh, hordes of enemies and, and uh, like goons that uh, are, are like kind of controlled by these uh, you know these kind of bosses that have unique abilities and you know there's, there's there's a whole bunch of like evil spirits and and magic that's kind of imbued throughout the whole world so it's it looks like a very cool game. I I really like the way that the flow of the combat is. Really does evoke you know old school Ninja Gaiden or Devil May Cry's in terms of how smooth the the gameplay looks. But hey, um, color me surprised if if uh, it'll be something to 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 take on when it comes out because it looks cool. Mm. Yeah, it's a good uh, first showing. It's like um very I was very thrown off in a good way by it's like my well, it was my read of it like in the combat it kind of looked like wushu hong kong yeah. sword combat or it's like you know lots of like sort of um like you know kind of like sword flailing to like com- you know like instantly yes. um versus deflect moves like you know half a, lot a second of between and stuff yeah and it's just like um i'm kind of <laughs> i'm curious how it plays after that where it's like oh that's mm. not something you can do in gameplay very easily unless you like automate aspects of it so i'm kind of asked yeah. like because, like, when I um, showed it my sister, she thought it, like, kind of reminded me of, like, Arkham Combat. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can mm. kind of see that, maybe. Like, something more rhythmic rather than something more, like, yeah. um, extremely deliberate, like, from Combat or Ninja Garden or something. So, I'm curious yeah. how it actually turns out. 
Um, mm. But yeah, no, it, it was good. Yeah, like it's um, intriguing. It showed well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm sorry if I've offended people from Asia with just conflating <laughs> wushu with like samurai swordsmanship or vice versa. Uh, I guess yeah, it's m- m- we, don't <laughs> we don't know things. We don't know. We apologize. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the after that we had uh, a ta- uh, a trailer for Sword of the Sea, uh, which is from the developers of Abzu pa- Painless, I think it was called, uh, uh, and another game called Painless, um, the the Painless, I think it was, and um, it's the way I could describe it is the think of the the aesthetics of Journey. You know, third person, very colorful worlds, not a lot of dialogue or things like that. Just, you know, you're traveling through this world, but you're surfing on a, on like a, a surfboard on, on a desert sea. So mm. that's why it kind of like evokes Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in my mind as well. There's even yeah. a, like a sand half pipe in there. Yeah, no, I was going to bring it up because <laughs> I started, I cracked up when I saw that. It's like, it's this like, it's such a like quiet, gentle mood. As you're watching this, like, because uh, it's like, yeah, it's like a surfboard or a snowboard. It's like, it's, you know, it's not really meant to be like a skateboard specifically. It's definitely yeah. meant to be more, yeah. It's like a hoverboard, basically, um, <laughs> except all fantasy because it's like a sword scabbard yeah. um, or a sword straight up. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, and then that's like a show where it's like going up and down half, half five. And I was thinking, it's like, oh, the oh, the wonder <laughs> of skating down at half five. <laughs> it's like it's hard to just it's hard to take it seriously after that Uh, yeah in my head i was like okay all they need now like i was just thinking i was like oh okay this is pretty cool like it'd be funny like i was thinking like oh my god they need to put in some sort of like they need to put in something that harkens back to like skate games or something and this is (laughs) then they showed that i was like this is this is perfect (laughs) where's my man's backward calf (laughs) i need some fashion (laughs) in here (laughs) i would need some pop punk in the soundtrack yeah. <laughs> um, and after that, we had a kind of series, uh, like a CG trailer for the Talos Principle Two. I don't have much kind of reverence for the original game, or I, I don't know. It just looked like okay, fantasy. Kind of like it's one of those tell but not show trailers. I guess I think I'm. Yeah. I actually don't. I should have had a look at the trailer again. Uh, I said I saw the um. I saw the like title thing. And it's like oh yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. like yeah yeah to kind of I guess to remind people because like I don't play. I've been meaning to play it ever since it came out because we mm-hmm. it was acclaimed very early. But mm-hmm. um, it was basically a laser based follow up to Portal I think at the time or Portal Two. Yes. Like a similar time. A period. lot of pu- physics puzzles and things like that. Like yeah, first and person with a yeah. very um philosophy driven story. Yes. And it was very well received at the time. And I think it's it's I'm surprised it's taken taken this long to come out with a sequel for yeah. how much people would have well, I mean I don't think that hurts it. I'm just kinda of surprised it took as long yeah. as it did. But I think that um, did come out in like twenty thirteen or twenty twelve. Like it is also a very um, old, like I guess now old game. Hmm. Mm. So it's um yeah. So mm. it does remind me that I need to go play the first one, which I own on something. So that's a good <laughs> reminder. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think either of us have too strong opinions yes. of that one. And yes, the cat. Um, the cat. Uh, the cat returns. So the the there's a cat 
showing up prominently in the original game, and then this one there's like a little, like a t- like you see a cat doing a stretch on a rock, and you're like, oh, they they know their audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next game is a name called Never. Uh, it's from the developers behind Greece, uh, Gris, Greece. I think it's Greece or Gree. Um, uh, Nomada Studio. Uh, in this, it it looked pretty cool. It's it's a very very stylized kind of watercolor esque art style, and as far as I can tell, your um some sort of like mage or something, and you befriend a mystical wolf cub. And that's all I got from it. <laughs> yeah, another CG trailer, in other yeah. words. You know, like another trailer that isn't showing gameplay. Mm. Um, mm. But if, if it's from the Gris devs, Gree, how are you pronounce it? Sure. Yeah, like I imagine yeah. it'll be similar gameplay. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's, you know, like as in like 2D cinematic platformer type, maybe mm. something like that. I guess we'll yeah. see. Maybe there is information we don't know already <laughs> out there. I haven't read a lot. There's a lot of games this time. Yeah. And then uh, another, we had another cat cat-based or animal-based adventure. Uh, this next game is, is something that, I don't know, I, I feel like both you and me would definitely, like, it seems like it's definitely in our wheelhouse, is a game called Cat Quest Pirates of the Caribbean, which I don't know how they got around the copyright for that, but I I love it. Um, it's To me, it looks like an isometric pi- like pirate game, pirate action game, but your cats... <laughs> you play as cats and you're fighting other animals. Yeah, it's um because I, I like this was announced last week, mm. and then it, I definitely watching the gameplay. It's like oh, I'm kind of in the mood for that. And then apparently I had Cat Quest on my Steam library, so I played through it on the weekend. It's very it's quite short. Um, but gotcha. they're basically they're like top down action RPGs that are quite yeah. they're quite basic, and that's a big part of their appeal with a big focus on just kind of cute visuals and mm. cat aesthetics. <laughs> and like, it doesn't like, it, you know, it doesn't shy away from its main selling points as a product. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very well made. I, I'm very, mm. I'm, I'm quite excited to play the second one eventually because I don't own that one apparently. <laughs> um, okay, gotcha. So, so I'll get that to that one eventually. But the third one looks like, yeah, like they're it's mixing on Switch, it up for right, a date. Um, probably. I think it's on a lot okay. of stuff. I think it's on mobile too. Um, mm, fair enough. But it's, uh, yeah. yeah John, it's, do you want to take this? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh no it's uh, it's i i'm both I, we're both interested <laughs> like i think there's good reason to be <laughs> and, and john do you want to take this next game yes uh, um foam stars square enix feels like ripping off <laughs> i think it's square enix um yes, feels like ripping yeah. off splatoon which i actually don't mind it like i actually splatoon's like very good concept and i mm. think the mix the changing like it's very it's pretty shameless about how much it's splatoon again um except instead of um, painting a static environment it's about mm. creating the environment as you're mm. you know trying to like oh uh, that's what it seems to be it's like there's two teams each one has a color they're trying to create as like cover the map with as much of their color to you know to beat the other team except instead yeah. of just straight up color it's you're creating kind of foam platforms yeah. you're creating like you know physical environment geometry that you can walk up and you know yeah. create like it's which um yeah like so it's similar to like the foam gun or, or the goo gun in prey or yes. the same thing in the finals you know that kind of thing oh, where yes. it's like you're creating yes. actual geometry that you can 
that blocks your path or just yeah. gives you your path. It's, it's like, like that which... construction foam or something that, that like, you know, it sprays out like foam, but then it hardens. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. like, I, I, I like the look of it. I don't think the art style is kind of a bit iffy to me personally. Like, that's always like going to be not dependent. quite Overwatch. I don't know, I feel like. Maybe, something like that. <laughs> um, it's not quite as charming as Platoon or several other no. games. But I'm, I'm open to it if the gameplay is good. And I think yeah. the idea of doing Splatoon, but for everyone else who doesn't play on Switch or want to, you know, just wants to play something similar on something else. Surprise it's taken this long. Yeah, it's it's a it's a <laughs> it's a good concept. From Square Enix of all people. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, after yeah. that one was the Plucky Squire. Yeah. Um, which looked really <laughs> I, nice. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's a looks like a like an isometric uh, action adventure game. I think it can be played co-op as well because I, 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 cause you're basically leading a party across different different like pages of a picture book and then you actually leave the picture book and you run around in inside like a kid's bedroom and fight like, you know, enemies and toys and stuff. So it's, I don't know, I think it looked really, really cool. Yeah, it looks very sweet and very, um, very well made. Like just mm. technically it's very impressive, like artistically as well. So it's... um. Yeah, because I think it was announced already, but I don't think we've seen a lot of it so far. But it's yeah. it's um, I don't know. We we literally don't know. But it's um, <laughs> it's like I yeah. It it was a very. It's like yeah, another one like another impressive showing for a game from a slightly smaller studio. So it's yeah. um, it was cool to see. Yeah, I I think throughout this show, I think that's like a theme, that the smaller kind of, like kind of, quote unquote different games kind of stood out to mm. me throughout the showing yeah definitely um after yeah. that was teardown being announced for consoles um mm-hmm. teardown is um because it came out on pc last year i think yeah and it, it was kind of early access for a few years as well okay because it, ma- it yeah. made like a, pr- a bigger impact than i think the developer was expecting it to yeah so it's the premise of the game is that it's like voxel games so everything's kind of destructible in a more mm natural way i guess you know in a voxel way um but the whole premise is that you're trying to create you're creating paths through a uh designated environment Mm. i think because like you're trying i forget how it works like you're trying to create a path to not trigger an alarm or something and you're trying to do it it's like it's almost like a speed running aspect to it except you're kind of creating a path for yourself to get that time yeah. as slow as possible, something similar, yeah. something similar to that. I don't like quite s- remember exactly. I, I would say like it's like imagine trying to speed run through a really intricately made Minecraft world, and mm. yeah, like the challenge is to get from like one part of the Minecraft world to another, avoid some kind of triggering some kind of uh, alarms, but also wreaking havoc along the way. <laughs> so, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it can that's a good PCs one. Yeah. To it, it can bring like powerful PCs to their knees, so I mm. wonder how the consoles will handle it. That'll be uh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not surprised. It's just like just next current gen. <laughs> it's yeah. like I mean, current gen's kind of phasing out anyway. But it definitely doesn't seem yeah. like the kind of game that would do well in that anymore. Yeah, I, I will be interested to see like if the Xbox Series S can handle it. <laughs> I wonder how that how the game works there. Mm. That'll be uh yeah interesting. Um, this. This next one was kind of a, a like a it's kind of it's kind of a big deal, but I think I think that if this was announced a few years ago, p- 
people would have been like even more crazy about it. But I think uh, with the way things are with Konami right now, it, it didn't get as much fanfare as I think it otherwise would have. So um, Konami announced Metal Gear Delta Snake Eater, which is a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater within the the the, the company's uh, very uh, new Fox engine. I say new, but you know it's been around since 2014 as well. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think looking at the reporting that happened afterwards, it'll have uh, essentially the the same audio tracks, the same recordings as the original PS2 release. Okay. Yeah. That's um. Yeah, because I think uh, like uh, it's not just Konami so much as Kojima's inability to be involved. I think it, yes. I imagine is what drove yes. a lot of people's uh, <laughs> negative enthusiasm, whatever you call it. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. And then alongside that, we saw a little teaser for something called Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume One, which is the first three Metal Gear Solid games remastered for current gen consoles. And that's coming out in our spring, so in the next three to six months, I guess. Hmm. Which is uh, yeah, this is kind of cool because we haven't had a re-release of these games since the PS3, and if 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 what's implied here is true, then w- the volume two should include. You'll probably see uh, Metal Gear Solid Four and Peace Walker getting kind of major console releases or modern console releases because MGS4 didn't never left the PS3 and yeah Peace Walker did it get a PS3 release because I feel yeah, like it was just that, P- that one got remastered yeah okay yeah well yeah well uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 never did so mm-hmm. and then I guess I'd be curious about the other yeah. spin-offs as well it was like Metal Gear Acid mm-hmm. and I think there's Acid another two. one and like there's a few that are locked to original like their original consoles from a while back um so it'd be yeah yeah, like Mm. hope like i think yeah everyone's on the same page with volume two so it's like oh could it finally have four could i finally (laughs) not have to whatever i'm waiting for yeah exactly (laughs) john what was the the next game uh uh, i i would describe it as breath of the wild meets avatar (laughs) tell Mm. us a little bit what, what did you think about it yeah, so the game Towers of Agaspa, which I don't think I hadn't seen before at least. I'm not mm. sure it'd have been announced already or not. Me neither. Um but it's it's kind of it's hard to get a good grip on it other than that it's very clearly Breath Wild inspired, um, as mm. a kind of open world game with a glider and just kind of a very um a a very large fantasy setting with a big focus on scope and verticality, seemingly. Um so mm. there's like like you kind of climbing to very high places. There's like all these like very um, unique folklorish creatures flying mm. around or just being around like a giant tortoise and like these giant like sort of like whale things float like yeah. flying through the sky. Like giant rays or like manta rays or stingrays like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like the scale of it's it is cool. kind of incredible watching it again because I don't think I fed like, yeah, like I ran through a number of the trailers before we started recording right now. Yeah. And I, I definitely skipped over that one more than I should have because I was kind of in, in like it's very impressive. Um, I'm mm. very I'm very curious what it actually will be though because yeah. when I watched it originally, I think my main takeaway was like, oh, it's a survival game because I was watching him chop down trees and stuff. And yeah. then then it's got city building elements too. 
which mm. is kind of curious. Though it makes me think it's like, oh, it's probably not too much of a survival game then if you're yeah. like creating a designated, you're filling out a designated location. That's different. So I'm, I'm, what, I'm very curious to see what it actually ends up being as a game aside from the Breath of the Wild comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and it was kind of cool because it was, uh, I think it was the only game where the the main dialogue in the trailer was not spoken in English, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Uh, it'd be nice to see more and more of that. Because there was the other, there was the other game that came out a couple months ago that was also Breath of the Wild inspired. But how do you like Chia? No, was it Chia? No, it was a different. I'm not game, sure. Maybe. I shouldn't yeah. have mentioned it. But <laughs> it's like it's nice to see like smaller studios, or maybe not even smaller, mm. but just other studios trying to tackle that inspiration in their own mm. way. You know, is it like, because, you know, Ubisoft did it with their sort of like Greek mythology thing, ended yeah, up yeah. being just very combat centric. Yes. Like people liked it. I'm sure I would like it if I played it, but it, it definitely didn't seem like all that interesting as an approach to that basic concept. But these mm. ones actually feel like you're trying to create it with something a bit more um, standout, something yeah. like that. Mm. Um, after yeah. that was the new trailer for Final Fantasy 16. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I had much new content, like new information. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of information about that game over the last year or so, actually. So I'm not sure there's much yeah. left aside from outright spoilers. Um, yeah. yeah the, oh, I just had a list of like Final Fantasy, like kind of... There's there's mentions of crystals and a mother crystal. Uh, there's <laughs> mentions of beings called the Dominance, which are like... I think they're... As far as I understand, they're the mutant... They're like kind of mutants who become the summons, like, they can, like, kind of become, like, have, like, they've got, like, demon or monster forms. Uh, that oh, kind of. Like I think it's I think more that, yeah. I think it's, like, uh, my understanding of the story setup is that this whole world is around each major faction or city yeah. or whatever in the world. It basically has a dominant, it's like, <laughs> it's like the tailed beast in Naruto, I think. Yeah. Whereas like all of them have one and each dominant is connected to one of the kind of God level, like gotcha. creature things in Final Fantasy lore. Um, yeah. Who's like Bahamut and all the other ones. I don't remember whose name they are. So it's like, I think that's the idea. So they're all like very, um, which isn't like a purely original concept in terms of fiction, but I don't think I've seen it much in games, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah. at least in how they've been doing it. So yeah, yeah. So uh, as a trailer, I don't, I don't, I think I actually ended up skipping past it because like, oh, okay, I know this game. <laughs> it's it's yeah, spiky hair, crystals, demons, summons. Yeah, so it seems like a Final Fantasy game, <laughs> a modern yeah. Final Fantasy game to me. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, hopefully it'd be cool. I I haven't played fifteen, so. <sighs> Who knows? I've only played... Th- I've played like halfway through 13, so I don't have much of a reverence for for the Final Fantasy series. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither, really. <laughs> like, I, I always want to, but it's I just never get mm. to it. But, um, yeah, but yeah. unlike a trailer that had seemingly no information, according to us, <laughs> but <laughs> Alan, there was a new trailer for Alan Wake 2, which revealed a yes. lot about the game all of a sudden um, after yes. a very... Um, what do you call it? Uh, quiet I period I guess uh, I, I meant more as in like the announcement trailer didn't say much aside from aligning with the announcement info being like it's survival horror proper rather than Alan Wake which was 
kind of like very soft version of that genre. Mm. Um, this one is kind of, a, it seems like um, Remedy are going kind of full, all in on that genre this time. And so with the second trailer, we kind of get a better sense of the story, which is that mm. it seem, will be split between Alan Wake himself being kind of trapped in this kind of nightmare dimension. I think it's called like the Dark Dimension or something like that. Mm. It had a very, quite a simple name. Um, while on the other side is a um, pair of FBI agents investigating um, Bright Falls, or I think that's where it's mainly based. There's a couple of locations, um, kind of without Alan Wake there, and like, the, but the premise—I I was really excited by the premise shift this time because the first, the first game is about like um, amongst all the supernatural happenings, it's kind of the main concept is Alan Wake is encountering the pages like his fiction, like he's trapped in within his own story, sort of. Yeah. That's kind of how Alan Wake 1 plays out. Yeah, he's and like an this author. One... He, he goes looking for his wife in in this town and then, yeah, you're, and then, yeah, you're right. Things he's written about kind of come come alive in, mm. in, in throughout his adventure. It's like Silent Hill meets uh, The Window, which was like, I think that was like a movie from like... Or Memento, almost. Oh, you yeah, know, like as like, in like the amnesiac kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Why would I pull that out of my, <laughs> my God? Anyway. Um, yeah, sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, no, it does okay. look cool. Um, but th- this time, instead of, you know, Alan Wake basically writing for himself, he's like, he seemingly, he's trying to, he's writing to desperately find a way out of the dimension he's trapped in. Hmm. But his writing is affecting the FBI agents because he's writing about them and their experiences um, in the real world, which I, I really love that setup. I, I think that's mm. really strong. Um, and I'm I'm very excited to see how it goes. Um, after this announcement happened as well, they announced that this will be a digital-only release. There will be yes. no... There's no plans for a physical copy. Um, that also means that it won't be having... It won't have the next-gen tax. So it'll be instead of 70 US, like a lot of major releases have now it'll be 60 us on consoles and then 50 us on pc and on pc it'll only be on epic game store because they are epic games are publishing it entirely yeah so i don't think there's any other any chance it'll ever be on steam this time so um but that is a situation number of people are upset about and have feelings towards um which is you know totally fair i'm not trying to dismiss it it's just that's something to be concerned about if you Mm. uh, care about that kind of stuff especially yes because i think 505 and remedy reached an agreement to publish the control kind of extended universe and continue that agreement but yeah i think this uh like i guess that's how you keep a studio like remedy independent is to sign these co-publishing deals so Mm. yeah you you gotta gotta, it it takes money to make money i guess yeah um i also say as well because um because this had a release date with it as well in October, sometime around the middle of October. Around a week before that, Alone, the Alone in the Dark remake, which is a reboot that was being shown off, that was shown off as well, like not long after this um, showcase. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. also coming out around the same time. And it kind of kills me that like I'm not even, I'm not invested in Alone in the Dark, but I really liked what I saw of that game. And it's like, oh, there's both of them are coming out at the same time. I guess it's <laughs> horror month, so it makes sense. But it's still yeah. kind of like, they're both like risky. And it kind of makes me sad that they're kind of getting in each other's space as products because I'd rather That's they true. both be successful. 
Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. The um, <coughs> the the genre originator, and then it's like grandchild, like <laughs> in the same month, <laughs> way down the the bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that that's that's kind of cool. I just I just found it funny that, <laughs> like, like Sam Lake plays one of the FBI agents, so he was, he's um. I guess like one of the founders of Remedy Entertainment, and he's also, I guess what you'd say, the face of the original Max Payne, like gonna yeah. be the um, yeah, the person they scanned, uh, to to be the representation of of uh, Max Payne in the original game, and he plays one of the FBI agents as well as another actress. I'm not sure um who, who she is but I do apologize I'm sure she's been in some some hit thing that I just haven't watched uh but it, at the end of the trailer they both the agents come across a like uh Alan Wake kind of it looks like he's coming out of a grave which might be like a portal to that other world that he was stuck in but she asks him oh hey who are you what's your name and then the, it, that's when you get Alan Wake 2, like the title oh, yeah. show up. <laughs> I remember that reaction as well. <laughs> so just like, oh. he's like, I'm the, se- I'm the sequel to Alan. Yeah, so in my head, I'm just picturing him introducing himself as Alan Wake 2. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nah. Uh, I think it might have been unintentional on, on their part. I think it would have maybe come across a bit better if it was like Alan Wake and then. Like fade in the two exactly, or something right, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan Wake the second. Um, but yeah, that, that's I think that's all I really wanted to add. Oh, to I guess I guess that kind of works within the game because there's doppelgangers and stuff. That, actually, yeah. that does actually make a little more sense thinking about yeah. it again. It's still funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then after that we had a uh, a new kind of story. I guess we had like a, a, another gameplay or story trailer for Assassin's Creed Mirage. It looks alright. Uh, visually looks cool i think the thing that really stands out to me is the fact that <laughs> you can actually play as an assassin in this game <laughs> which you haven't been able to do since number one like right. really <laughs> yeah it's like the thing they i think i i didn't actually watch that one again but from my memory that trailer is like the one thing they emphasized was like um mission approaches mm-hmm. like be able to actually mm-hmm. take like you know, actually having multiple solutions to a mission rather than the singular one where you kill everyone, which I imagine is yeah. most, most... I mean, that's probably going to be true still, I bet. But, <laughs> it's like, it, you know, it's kind of like it's like yeah. it's closer to what first game... Because this is a specifically a kind of reminiscing sort of throwback-ish to the first mm-hmm. original title. Mm-hmm. And that one wasn't like Hitman in that he had a ton of options. But yeah. there was kind of... Usually it, like one or two, op- like two or three options. Yeah, but it still kind of encouraged a sense of like taking your time and trying to be yes. thoughtful about what you're going to do, even if yeah. those op- even if what you're going to do was only a handful of things, maybe at best, yeah. kind of thing. Like, but it's you know it still has an impact, and then the mm. game's mm. kind of let go of that. Yeah. So it'll be kind of cool to see how <laughs> much closer this game gets yeah. to that one. I'm sure, like I think, like by the end of the Ezio run, it was basically like murdering 20 people in the middle of the street and then expecting to get away with it was just like okay, that, that's, that's okay yeah. you just, just, i remember really yeah <laughs> you're saying that it's assassin. like i remember like climbing around and trying to cheese out arches and stuff as well i can just so they'll stop paying attention to me or something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, that's um, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. And then after that, we had Revenant Hill, which is another cat-based adventure. But this time it's from uh, the Glory Society, uh, which most famously developed Night in the Woods. It, it has a lot of the similar kind of art style as well. And that 2D side-scrolling, or like like 2D adventure game aesthetic. Yeah, seemingly. Yeah. yeah, but it's like it, the um, the whole concept seems a lot different. Like I like how mm. they were able to kind of carry over a bit of their visual identity with the cat. Like that was actually yeah. uh, that's very clever. Um, but the setting seems to be sort of supernatural rural mm. setting. Um, maybe some decades ago, sort of like farming village sort of vibe. Except mm. there's also skeletons just being around helping with farming. So yep. it's like um I like watching that trailer again. Again, I skipped over, I skipped over a lot of these trailers apparently. Like I was I was I, that one is it it was much more exciting to me than I expect it was initially. Where it's like, oh this is this world actually looks really nice and the art art style is still gorgeous, like it was in Night of the Woods anyway. So mm. it's um yeah, I'm very I'm very interested in that one. Um mm. Yeah, how, yeah, you haven't played Night of the Woods, have you? No, nah, not yet. No. Nah. Um, I played like half of it a long time ago. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. Yeah, I liked it. It's like that game's a bit longer than I expected it to be as well. I remember yeah. like, like I, d- I dropped it by accident. I was meant to get back oh, to okay. it, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three three years later, just just pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after that, we had uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which. Thumbs up. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it looks like one of those games. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice. Like, it's like, because that's the game that um, the publisher slash developer, like, kicked off Platinum games as they were working on it. I'm pretty sure it's that one. Oh. Um, so, it's like, I'm not actually sure exactly what the structure and stuff is, but it looks like, it looks pretty slick as far as a, like, kind of action RPG with yeah. a, you know, it anime. Did, it, it does explain why it does look very, like, Platinum-esque in terms of the action. Mm. It almost looks like... I don't know, I haven't actually seen a ton of gameplay of it, but it, it reminded me of Genshin a little bit mm, in terms of mm, kind of having definitely. a larger party, even though yeah. I imagine you're not swapping between them at will and, or whatever. And, and kids. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of anime like, style, yeah. You know, playing as a someone who presents as a small girl but is probably like hundreds of years old. <laughs> yeah, they like that lore. trip. Yeah. Um, after yeah. that was a new trailer for Street Fighter Six, just coming out mm-hmm. very soon. Very yeah. centric centered on the um i actually don't remember what the mode is called but the single player campaign section of it where you're playing your own character um yeah so i don't think there's much new information there just a kind of a hype trailer to get excited for it yeah just Um, kind of talking about like the story is basically you're a generic you're generic created player character kind of interacting with all the the different characters from the street fighter roster and like I presume you're like doing tasks for them and, and like mm. you know getting their approval throughout the process. So that'll be a, I don't know. Looks alright. <laughs> Apparently, it's pretty fun. Like yeah. I, I read a the review game of it this morning. Cool, yeah. The reviews have been very very positive mm. since mm. Uh, since they came out yesterday, as of a recording. Um, but it's um very curious about that one personally. Mm. Um, after that was Ultros, a Metroidvania with a kind of like stained glass style like. Mm art style to it 
Like I found it very. I really like the art style personally. It looks uh, really it, cool. It's very yeah. striking. Um, and it's like um, it's like you, you're playing as like some. They look like human. They look like like androids or humanoid humanoid robots in some way. Like there's a there's kind of like a like a sci-fi like underpinning and that, that's mm. kind of throughout that game even though it's got that kind of very colorful and very uh like whimsical look it's it's a cool like um cool mismatch uh, yeah it's kind of i guess yeah 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 it's like, it's like kind of a interesting approach to doing a metroid type game it's kind mm. of like taking metroid from a different direction almost with a sort of like sci-fi alien um appearances and stuff um after that was Tower of Fantasy or a trail of Tower of Fantasy, which is, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it's just Genshin again because I'm pretty yeah. sure, <laughs> as I understand it, it's just that was just a trailer for a current game or a game that's coming out that is trying to be Genshin again, which is, I I, yeah. I think there's pros and cons to how it does because I think it's out on Steam already. I'm not quite sure exactly where yeah, that game just, happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this one, yeah, I think this is the one and it had like mechs in it or something. Like, uh, I think this is the one where there was like a girl who went into a, pilot suit like is piloting some sort of mech oh because they also just released honkai not too long ago so yeah. that also happened <laughs> in terms of genshin type games <laughs> um after that because yeah. it went out to it oh did you have much more to say about that one <laughs> nope <laughs> nope um was dragon's dogma 2 um yeah. they announced that a little while ago but it's definitely our first proper look at the game mm. um i'm personally very quite excited for it because i like dragon's dogma 1 a bunch when did it's that come out? Like 2010, 2011? I feel like that was late. Yeah, it was PS3. a PS3 game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's about right. And like then it kind of had a bit of a resurgence when it came on PC and then yeah. um, console releases after that. So there's definitely a number more people who are into it now. Because that's the thing. Like it, it seemed like it was a competent medieval RPG kind of action game and then it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But there was always like a... I think it, it kind of got like that cult classic kind of status. Like it yeah, was exactly. always kind of spoken of very highly, but maybe it wasn't as much of a success that Capcom wanted. And that was also... it. I think it also came out during Capcom's like kind of very down, like like very uh, like bad period of Capcom where Capcom didn't have a lot of money or anything like that. So mm. now that Capcom's doing a bit better, like off the quality of the releases over the past few years... I guess it's it's cool that Capcom's willing to take a risk and go back to go back to the franchise. Yeah, I think it's like because it's got the same director, um, Nagadeki. Uh, I'll get his full name as um, DMC Five. DMC Five mm. was like a big hit, especially for that series. So it's like I imagine that helped in being able to get like a good budget for a game like this, and it will definitely do better this time. Alongside like. There's a lot more enthusiasm for Capcom nowadays than there maybe was at the time of release, like you said. And also just there's there's a lot more faith that they're gonna deliver a quality product, I think, nowadays. Mm. Um, with with Capcom and with that director and um studio and stuff. So it's um yeah, I'm like from Hideaki the looks Itsuno is who you were right. speaking about. Yes. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't say his name even slightly correct. You, um, you said the first you said Hideaki, I think. I said like a deno or something. Um, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, oh, yeah. So it looks like I think uh, people have been trying to... I haven't been following along, but like I think people have been trying to um, pick apart the trailer for clues on what it could mean for the world and the story. And I think like generally it seems like it's going to be sort of a redo scenario of the first game. 
just because mm. of the way the first game's story works. So, and like they're actually adding, there's like a new kind of fantasy race of like kind of cat type people in the game, which are apparently hinted at in the first game, but they weren't actually able to have in the game properly. They seem because of development um, troubles and so on. Um, yeah, so it looks, yeah, like it looks like what I think most people would probably hope for in a successor, in a sequel made now, you know, like RE Engine using kind of like the toolbox from DMC5 a little bit to kind of like polish up aspects of it, but the same basic stuff of being able to climb enemies and hopefully like fuse your classes and just, it's, I guess another way I say is like the first game was a very good cult sandbox sort of game and hopefully this game is on the similar wavelength in terms of what it's aspiring to be rather than going in another direction you know like pawns like the ai companions are still there Uh, they didn't announce co-op or anything which is kind of like as much as i would like co-op in a game like that it makes me more trusting that they're making the game i would like to see because that's what that was the thing in the first game was like you you, like your character like the character you play could become an like pretty much like an npc in someone else's game and like when they go on adventures with that other player like they get leveled up and then that benefits you in your own game i I remember Mm. there was like something like that back then yeah no you got most of it like the one other thing that they do which i'm I'm very curious to see how they expand on pawns because the one thing they did that was just like neat but like not incredible but cool was that they would as they would um you know adventure with other players Mm. if they did quests that you haven't done already your pawn will come back with knowledge of that quest and they can like help you out in little bits like on where to go or what to do which i actually i find i find that really cool i like that feature a lot that is really cool um (laughs) yet again like redfall can't handle like progress in the same quest with you and your friend (laughs) Yeah, what's up, Arcane? We're getting on that now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we haven't beaten you up enough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so right. after that was Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2 was announced, which is their kind of like first-person horror game. That's, I guess, an evolution like of the original n- formula. Yeah, I don't know. What is this, like number 12? I don't even know how many how many of those games there have been. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, yeah. I'll also point out that the guy who makes it is kind of a scumbag don't don't give him money if you can help it that'd be nice <laughs> is he um, but that game happened oh, is freddy the teddy bear <laughs> oh no he's the designer of the game and stuff he's like a yeah no, i'm sorry like is he called freddy i wonder oh i don't know i don't remember his name um <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, right. well let's anyway. not give him more attention than he deserves then <laughs> yeah um after that was a big section on psvr 2 so trailer mm. for remake re4 remake or i'll say that. resident evil 4 remakes vr mode which is announced before but i think some people had doubts as to how far it would go yeah. so it might be like ace combat or something where it's just like a tiny mode off to the side Looks like the full game uh, yeah exactly from what we saw mm. um so that's that's exciting like i'm not like it's definitely one of those things where it's just like oh that definitely pushes me closer to getting spending a thousand dollars or so yeah. on a psvr too because the original P- uh resident evil because the resident evil 4 port to like vr that came out like a few years ago that was generally well received as well yeah Although, i think it was a little more recent than that actually because that was um funded by oculus for the quest 2 um yeah. So oh, okay. and that, yeah, yeah, you're right though. People it's like did two, three years then. Maybe maybe even less than two years. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was kind yeah. of it's quite recent. For it was a pandemic. Decade. I know, I know. I'm pretty sure <laughs> something like that. Um, Arizona Sunshine Two was announced, so that was like an early PSVR game, um, mm. sort of like zombie campaign shooter thing. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of straight and what like kind of a goofy tone. Yeah. Um, lots of quips. looks like. Yeah. So just they're doing it again. PS Vr Two tech this time. So mm. curious to see how that goes. Um, Crossfire Sierra Squad. So um, from Smilegate, longtime developer slash publisher, I think. I'm not sure yeah. of the Crossfire, Crossfire series. I think it's from, like it's a, it's like a very popular game series, but it's like I think it's based in China. It's probably yeah. why we don't see it as much over here. Yeah, because yeah. I think the last time we heard about Crossfire in the West is was um, yeah, was Remedies, very like big misfires mm. of their campaigns. I think that that definitely made, that's definitely what I thought of first. Where it's just like, okay, if they were okay with that releasing from Remedy, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna trust. A, <laughs> I, though it is a multiplayer shooter, so it's at least closer yeah. to what they usually do. Yeah, um, this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that was Synapse. Actually, looked cool. Like, it's think of like it reminds me of. Is it High Voltage? Was the studio that made like. A couple of like surprisingly good first-person shooters for the Wii, so it looks like right. that type of thing where it, like it looks like a competent first-person shooter, like with it, it it looks kind of very generic until like you transition over to the like the the other dimension that the world like you know kind of the the virtual brain dimension that you go into and then it's kind of like very stylized where everything's kind of like very portal-esque where everything's like kind of white and clean. Except there's like, I don't know, like, it, 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 I think it's meant to like demonstrate what it might look like, you know, going inside someone's thoughts, like, you know, in their brain. So it, it, that kind of looked cool, but otherwise it looked very mm. boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other bits. <laughs> Another great endorsement. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, then the last announcement of that little bit was um, a Queen music pack for Beat Saber, mm. which should be good i guess i don't know yeah i don't think that's something out of us i don't know i like queen well enough i don't have beat saber or a ps4 too this so is what's going to get you a psvr too <laughs> you know it <laughs> um yeah but then, after that was yeah. a big announcement that i think yes. i'm guessing you're pretty excited about yeah so this is uh this is an interesting one because uh bungie the my and my love-hate relationship with them over the past few years. So, story developer of the Destiny and Halo series, and uh, I guess like going back to their origins of uh, Marathon. So, which was a Mac shoot, like it was right after Doom One came out. It was basically a trilogy of 3D first-person shooters on the Mac. <laughs> you know, mm. like if when you thought about Mac gaming for the longest time, you really only thought about this and maybe sims got ported to it but yeah so bungie still uh had the rights to the marathon name and has decided to resurrect the game uh, resurrect the name in the form of an extraction shooter like hyenas like the finals like uh fair game dollar sign um and it it's like a cg trailer with uh, like a very very stylized neon, 
like you're basically like you're basically following like a, a group of uh, like kind of androids taking on other androids, and there's like a sea of milky liquid around everywhere, and then it zooms out and you see like Earth with like some sort of it looks like the 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 moon's been like blasted open, but it does really look a lot like the Traveler from the Destiny, especially the Destiny Two depiction of the Traveler when it was all like kind of broken up. So it's yeah, and that, that's about it. Like we know it's a multiplayer extraction shooter. My hope is that it's running a new like I hope it's running Unreal Engine or something, and not the engine that Destiny Two's been running on because that yeah. engine is really really old right um yeah i think i think as far as a cg only trailer goes it has a lot of impact (laughs) like i I very 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 drawn into the visuals and style of it um it's a very one thing soundtrack (laughs) oh is it okay Uh, um or like a hotline miami kind of like you know that kind of pumping bass and like a driving beat to the action which i think was like kind of striking sorry um no it's okay um one thing i was thinking of though which I don't know if it's a real concern, but I, I did wonder about because you've brought up multiplayer suite of Destiny several times. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. then making another shoot, like a multiplayer shooter specifically. Yes, um, like a competitive PvP one. Yep. Um, it makes you wonder if this is like their way of like dropping the PvP aspect of Destiny entirely. Like I know yeah. it'd be different, but it's like, are they? I guess they don't support Destiny as a PvP thing already. Actually, so never mind because <laughs> it wouldn't change much. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'm I'm curious how it's going to affect the um, destiny though as a whole, because mm. like it already seems like they're sort of I know they've had I'm sure they've had this development for a long time, and I think they have another IP in the works as well. Yes. So I guess they've already been split up for a time, but I do wonder if yeah. there's going to be any knock-on effects because I this think game. this game might be the one that technically I think it was 2019 or maybe 2018 that. Maybe even later than that. Remember when Bungie took uh, an influx of like took took a influx of capital from NetEase, and I think this might be the like the result of that kind of partnership. And I think that other IP that Bungie has got like kind of cooking in the background, that might be the one that like kind of Sony kind of bought into and is really trying to like wants to build up as the next thing. So. This would this would be kind of cool, like a Bungie making a multiplayer shooter that is not reliant on worrying about balancing with a like a more like a larger co-op or or single player kind of component. I think mm. is much more interesting, provided that it's running on a different game engine to what Bungie has. Because yeah, Des- Destiny Two is like like Destiny Two has like pc tech like it has like taken it from destiny one which technically is a, a an updated version of the engine that powered halo one okay so all oh, right okay yes yeah, so They're very odd that's a like a, it was like a bungee engine throughout and and, mm. and i think it forked now 343 industries has like another version of that engine that is running the new halo stuff whereas this version of bungee like uh sorry the like destiny 2 kind of you can you can definitely see the lineage there and destiny 2 is like it's a 6 year old game now and it even when it came out it was kind of like old so yeah yeah i'm really hoping that this game runs like this game looks like a modern game cuz the cg trailer really does look cool yeah um mm. speaking of destiny 2 though 
Yeah, we had the, I guess the first gameplay, not gameplay, sorry, the first story trailer for Destiny 2 The Final Shape, which is the, it's meant to be the end of the 10-year-long light and dark saga that was started with, uh, light and darkness saga that was started with Destiny 1. Basically, the video is, uh, Ikora Ray, you know, kind of the the magician lady, ta- telling a freshly resurrected Cade Six, who was very, very uh, publicly not publicly, I mean, very prominently killed off in 2018's expansion to Destiny Two, Forsaken. So he's he's been gone for a long time now, but apparently he's back because. Just like in the Fast and Furious, no one stays dead f- <laughs> forever in in Destiny. <laughs> so everyone's family in Destiny. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so maybe I don't know. Maybe the poor reception to the last couple of expansions really made <laughs> bunch of. I thought of, it was just the last one. Wasn't uh, Witch Queen liked a lot? I guess, but I guess like oh uh, yeah. I, I thought I that guess, was why it was yeah. such like I felt like at least from the outside it felt like part of the reason the backlash against the last one was yeah. stronger than it was pretty strong was partly because people thought it's like oh they've got I it guess. together now maybe I'm just projecting yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, fair yeah so I guess like Bungie's gone into the the last the last part of the 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 lore that it could mine for. Like you know, nostalgia and brought back Cade, so we'll see, see how that kind of takes shape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're very, they're, they're already in their like um, Blizzard phase, where it's like, yeah. oh, what well, can we pull back? <laughs> Need to make people happy again. Yeah, just, just, just let Destiny rest in peace at the end of this expansion. Don't, don't need to keep it going. Like, you know, I think it's time. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, and then John. Um, we had, I'm just going to skip ahead because we had uh, a couple of hardware announcements before the final game kind of uh, like showing. The The first one was Project Q, which was like basically confirming the details of the, the rumored place, uh, Project or Q Lite streaming handheld that was rumored, I think, a couple of months ago now. So mm. it's essentially... Chop a dual sense controller in half, put in an eight inch L C D screen, and you've basically got this device that will let you play PS five games via remote play, which which is everyone's favorite way to play. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, um, I love it. Um, and it and also yeah, the, it's like a home yeah. device specifically, yes. it seems to be. It's very much you're not meant to carry it with you because it looks yeah. like it would snap in half mm. um without much effort. Um, yeah. which yeah, um, so yeah, it's like a home. Yeah, that's that's all on that really. It's not meant to go yeah. outside the house. <laughs> yeah, basically, and it and it keeps all the the dual sensors like haptic controls and things like that. So I guess that's kind of cool that they were able to do that in the uh, in like a portable format. And then after that, we had the announcement of the PlayStation earbuds, uh, which are basically true wireless earbuds it's the playstation airpods i guess you can kind of think about it but yeah. the in addition to having bluetooth for working with like phones uh the way jim ryan made it sound like that there's like a proprietary wireless kind of 
tech in there to make sure that when you are using the PS5, you get the lowest latency possible in terms of audio delay, which um, I guess is welcome because Bluetooth can be can be pretty laggy depending on the implementation. Yeah, mm. and then yeah, John, we had this. Uh, we actually had. I think this was like. I think this was like the only part of the show that really reminded me of like a traditional state of play presentation in that this last like 10 minutes was dedicated completely to Insomniac's Marvel's Spider-Man 2. <laughs> the, I, I guess just it started off with like a kind of like a, a brief cinematic introducing Craven the Hunter and then we had a like an, an extended gameplay session uh, like section featuring Miles Morales as Spider-Man, Peter Parker in his black suit, kind of venomized or like symbiote-powered Spider-Man, um, uh, chasing down the lizard uh, and trying to like stop Craven's goons from hunting and killing or capturing the lizard. Um, yeah, John, did you did you want to kind of speak to a little bit about what we saw? Yeah, um, I think you described a lot of it already. It's like it showed, um, yeah, it's like yeah, Miles and Peter as both a Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. you can um, switch between at least in this mission. Kind of curious to see how it actually plays out. Mm. Um, it was very seamless. Like, yeah, very. I think it's um, like that, like that Ratchet and Clank thing, like the dimension shift. It's taking advantage of the the, the super fast storage in the in the PS5. Hmm. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, GTA Five because <laughs> there haven't been many games that have done it um, in like yeah. an open world kind of setup. Yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, so it kind of showed off like you know the main Peter Parker gameplay mm. being really souped up and very different from the way it was in the first game with all the symbiote stuff. Yeah, Miles is way more violent. Yeah, um, he's really gruff in how he talks. I kept laughing at it because it's like, man, I don't buy Yuri saying this. Um, <laughs> he's doing his Batman he just, voice. He just needs a goatee. Like that's how you know he's evil. Like got the black suit, give him a goatee now, and it's completed the. Uh... <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what happened in like Jack and Daxter. Like so, you know, this is just Jack and Daxter <laughs> for a new generation. <laughs> <laughs> now we need Spider Man X where he drives a car. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I I didn't personally notice a ton about it, other than mm. it definitely looked like Spider Man. It very looked looked very pretty because it's a very PS five specific yes. game, just yes. like Ratchet and Clank was. Um, I think you noticed some ray trace stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. So I I heard this on the Digital Foundry podcast last week, like right when they were talking about this show, uh, about this uh, like showing, and it kind of makes sense that uh, like the one weakness with the original game was like in some of the reflections just because the technology for the PS4 just couldn't handle real-time ray traced or like very high quality um, like reflections and and shadows and things like that so even the PS5 release of the original two games didn't have uh, like ray trace reflections for everything but in this game like uh, like and especially like water effects and things like that didn't look as good on those games. <laughs> Insomnia Games wants us to know that it's it's really got its uh, ray trace reflections and its lighting and its water effects down pat because there was this this there was a lot of wet surfaces, a lot of really good reflections, 
a lot of like flying over water at high speed and everything looking really nice. So I think this is going to be a, a like a great graphical step up um, from from the other from the other two games, especially uh, e- even um, compared to like the original like the PS5 re-releases. This looks like it's got a lot more of the tech from the PC version, um, but now on console, which is really really cool. Yeah, that ma- that makes sense. Um, mm. I don't know. Like, I I think I need more extreme close ups of puddles first before I judge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it lo- it looks good. It looks like Spider Man. Yeah. I'm not like too yeah. wild about it. Like, I like I think last time I mentioned last year at some point how I played through Miles and I wasn't as impressed by it. I think mm. coming back to like, there's nothing wrong with it either. It's just it just didn't do much for me. So I'm just my enthusiasm for Spider Man Two is pretty mild right now. Yeah. Um, but it's um. Otherwise, it is releasing in spring in the Southern Hemisphere and otherwise fall in the Northern, in America yeah. and such. So it's, um, yeah, so kind of soonish. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, it's already been leaked by like one or two actors twice yeah. or so already about like coming out in September-ish or so. Yeah, which which kind of makes sense um, uh, that I think Sony needs like a big first party release this year and looks like this this is going to be the, the ticket for Sony. And mm. I think it was like kind of funny. I, I I don't know where it was, but I I think technically the Spider Man is called Black Spider Man or Black Suit Spider Man. And then right. I, I saw an, I saw like a like a YouTube video talking about oh look you know this is like the first time that we're seeing Black Spider Man shown on you know in, in this in this universe. And then I was like, isn't Miles Morales technically Black <laughs> Spider Man? But then I was like, okay, they, there's probably like some comic book actual name that they're referring to. <laughs> I'm sure Black Suit Spider-Man sounds right to me. Yeah. I feel like it's not usually Black Spider-Man, <laughs> at least not nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So I just found that a bit, like, silly, like, the mm. the way they said it. But maybe that was just, like, kind of them misspeaking. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's really cool. And I guess, like, in this part of the story, it's like, uh, like th- this seems, like, pretty early on in the story where the the nature of the relationship between the symbiote and Peter Parker hasn't been revealed yet to Miles or he like the other characters like and what is it Genki except it's he's pronouncing it Genki like Genki from um uh from Overwatch like the Japanese spelling but it's spelt right. like G A N C K E like like a German like Gunk like Gunker or something but it's like it's it's yeah, I don't know. That, that was I figured it was a really Vietnamese yeah. name or a Filipino name or something. Yeah, but the way they spelt it, maybe it's just the subtitles. They just like, maybe they just oh, like maybe. spelt it differently. Because I, I think he is meant to be like, like an Asian, like his his friend, right? Isn't he like his? He's like his version of Ned in this. Yeah, in this universe. yeah. It's based on the same character, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, now I think about, it, I don't know. <laughs> it, it definitely <laughs> is the same basic, yeah, um, basic role yeah. as a character. Um, hmm. Also, yeah, like uh, like story wise, I was kind of thinking it's like, oh, I think like I mean, I guess they wouldn't have any other way to do it, but I do like the idea of doing the symbiote storyline, mm. but with Miles being pivotal, pivotal in yeah. getting it off Peter, and like I think that's like uh, that that should play out fine, like that should play out good. I mean, like yeah. I, I trust Insomniac to do that story pretty well. Do you think Venom will show way. up, or do you think that's going to be like a setup for the third game? You know, I think he's already been in the teaser trailer, so probably. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because I, I thought like I thought I saw like I guess it's difficult because like 
Yuri's trying, like Yuri Lowenthal, who's the the voice actor for Peter Parker. Uh, I think he's played Peter Parker in, in a few of the animated series. Like he's a very mm. well respected and well regarded, uh, like voice actor. Like he he's doing his best to sound gruff here, but it just yeah, he's trying his best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah, just, I'm not yeah. buying it, but <laughs> I, I respect the effort. Um, I, I actually yeah. it makes me wonder about the voice direction because it really does yeah. sound off. Mm. And it's just like there's a, there's got to be a way to sat, make Peter sound meaner, yeah. without doing he just, Batman voice or like close, like, something um, close to it. Like I feel like the the direction for Miles Morales and his mate, like that kind of banter, like really works, really like flows well. But then Peter just kind of like doesn't acknowledge like some of the things like Miles is always friend is saying. He's just like it seemed yeah. very. It was, a, it was a good like as like a little clip of the game. They did a yeah. good job of getting a lot of like story and character beats out pretty easy, like pretty quickly and subtly yeah um this is what uh, like a classic e3 showing would have been but yeah more or less yeah, yeah basically but sony's version <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well that's gonna do it for uh the the i guess the first <laughs> first news story for for today's show <laughs> um how about we well let's let's go through the the next couple of stories very quickly um, yeah so the first one uh We've had a couple of different announcements. John, do you want to take this first one, and I'll and I'll take the second one. Or yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go through. Um, so first, which was announced some time ago now, I think, relative to when we're recording. Um, yes, it feels Still a little long now. Um, yes, which it always does when we take a week or so off. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Mortal Kombat One has been announced specifically with the number one in front of Mortal Kombat to yeah as we're like so we're last time we reported on it was just the teaser and then like two days later it was announced something like that yeah um and it's also I think leaked on a product like a retail website as well like Amazon the name was at least like yeah yeah um so this is set after Mortal Kombat 11's Aftermath expansion mm-hmm. when Liu Kang has kind of taken over the role that Raiden had as thunder god or lightning god or whatever yeah. basically like it you know sort of a low level of Earth realm yeah so now he's kind of recreated the universe in his own yeah image and he's a fire god now that's a big difference <laughs> apparently <laughs> i yeah. care about it we clearly <laughs> do um no but it's like so a lot of like it's basically what it reminded me most of was when dc comics reboots their universe every so often mm. And I, I personally like that stuff. It's not to try and get too much into comic stuff, but Marvel doesn't do that. They, if, mm. if anything, they like their Marvel's thing is that everything matters long term. They don't really mm. get rid of stuff. If they do, they there's another story reason for getting rid of it. DC, mm. they've rebooted their universe like a few times now, and every time I like that version better personally because that means you're basically getting what Mortal Kombat is doing, which is a chance to revisit characters and kind of tweak them. And like, reconcept them in interesting yeah. ways. Like yeah. I find that very appealing personally. It also makes it easier to kind of approach it because you don't feel like you have to know like fifty years of lore to to enjoy this iteration of the character. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's never like necessary, but I enjoy that approachability mm. sometimes. Um, yeah. So in this case, it seems like one of the, you know one of the main things is that Raiden is been recreated as seemingly a normal person. You know, like a mm. mortal person. Which is a while while Liu Kang has taken his role and a number of other characters. I think you see them in the teaser trailer, as well as just like announcement for the roster. Um, I'm not sure. You know, like yeah, another one was um, 
what's his name, uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero being yeah. sort of allies rather than enemies, stuff like that. Like, yeah, so Liu Kang is like kind of tried to, well, seemingly, just judging from what's been shown off, has recreated the universe as we know it in ways that has fixed things he sees as problems, I guess. Mm. But now the story is restarting of the Mortal Kombat tournament again, except now he's in a different role. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, so otherwise, just to run through it quick, the gimmick is no longer gear system anymore. Um, it seems to be close to something called Cameo Fighters, which I'm guessing is closer to like a Marvel cross Capcom style assist system, something like that, except I'm guessing you're choosing assists, but not being able to switch to the character specifically. Yes, yes. It's more like that Smash Brothers style of just, they kind of help in, help you with damage, but you can take advantage of the, like call in, like these assist characters to uh, help you with uh, keeping combos going or break attacks and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a better, that's a better comparison. Um, and otherwise, I think we got a little look at the gameplay in the trailer as well. It looks pretty disgusting. <laughs> the first thing, yeah. as far as like technology and such goes, yes. the first thing it reminded me of was the report of people having like pretty some like traumatic uh, experiences as part of the team in looking at. I, I think it was like I don't I don't think I can imagine um, the research they did. Yeah, I'm curious how far that. Goes. I think because I yeah. think um, there were developers or the NetherRealm themselves said that that's not quite as true or quite true or at all or something like that. I don't know. There was some sort of. Um, negating of that the right report but it does make me think of it because now it looks like like harder to watch than ever <laughs> as you see like a face caved in in such a awful realistic way yeah um so it's otherwise yeah um otherwise beta in august and mm-hmm. a release date of september 19 for um ps5 pc xbox and switch switch being the curious one because it won't be on last gen consoles yeah, so, so uh, uh, mm, that's that's the thing. Like, if it requires the extra hardware of the newer systems, does that mean the Switch version is going to be like, you know, like those cloud releases? Yeah, of, of the game. Like, how's that going to work with a like a, you know, a fighting game that requires very very low latency controls to mm-hmm. to to to, com- to to be competitive or to be like you know be able to even get some hits in? So. Well, I guess in this case, it's like it's more like um, people are playing it for the story just as much now with yeah. Mortal Kombat. So maybe that's kind of how they see it. Maybe it'll be more forgiving. Yeah, or or you know, maybe it really is a native version because I think the understanding, as people have gathered so far, is that it probably is native because otherwise they mm. probably would have announced it as cloud somewhere in yeah. extra text here in, on the inst- yeah. on their website. Makes sense. Yeah, makes so sense. I'm very curious to see what that looks like. Yeah, because <laughs> that's got to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, the the confirmed roster so far is uh, Kung Lao, uh, which I don't think NetherRealm's confirmed yet whether this is the ancient warrior Kung Lao, which is like referenced in the lore, or the Kung Lao that we all know from the games that is like, I, I believe is like a great, 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 something, something times descendant of that legendary warrior in the, in the mythos. Then you had Shang Tsung, who continues his streak as being the bad guy in pretty much all the Mortal Kombats. Then you've got Liu Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Katana, Melina, and Johnny Cage, who isn't in the trailer, but uh, has been confirmed by NetherRealm Studios. And uh, NetherRealm also announced that if you get the premium edition of Mortal Kombat 1, 
you get a costume for Johnny Cage that is based on uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and like featuring like kind of his likeness and and also so I think you can even like it's got like a blood sport themed kind of integration in there which, which okay is, which is like kind of pretty funny because Johnny Cage is I believe the uh, this is like something that Jeff Gersman kind of talked about in his podcast so I think the original inspiration for Mortal Kombat was as a game based around Jean-Claude Van Damme and I think maybe like some of the films he was doing at the time so it's like kind of like a weird like Johnny Cage is basically like a parody of that like you know those smarmy action heroes from the 80s and early 90s so it's funny that it's kind of like come full circle where you know like yeah <laughs> now you've got actual JCVD like licensed for Mortal Kombat <laughs> that's actually going to look really uncanny isn't it because it's like it's yep. going to be 2023 Mortal Kombat which is going to look kind of unreal compared to even 11 which already looked pretty good mm. and had real people in it with the yep. movie pack so it's like it's like man that's going to look really strange to see like the <laughs> such like the likeness of Van Damme look like so real compared to <laughs> other games that's going to be strange that's that's true that's true I think there were some other um, rumors of some other tie-ins to it but uh, like Omni Man and Homelander and things like that, but I'm not and, sure um, if they were and Peacemaker and Peacemaker. Have they been officially confirmed or were they just kind of like fan requests? No, there's there's rumors and there's like insiders saying that that's what it is. Yeah. There's no been no conf- as far as I know hasn't been confirmed yeah. at all. Which like Omni Man and Homelander seems very redundant. I feel like they're the same character. Like they're the same. Yeah, no. <laughs> like they're basically like send-ups of uh, Spider-Man and uh, not Spider-Man sorry Superman in their respective comics universes but hey uh, you know money right <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> yeah um, and then we had uh, so this was uh, from uh, earlier today so we're recording this on Wednesday uh, is that uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is coming to PC uh, this was actually announced by uh, Julian Hulbrecht um one of the community specialists at Nixus Software. So Nixus is the, I guess, like most famously known for its PC and Mac ports. Uh, yeah. And Sony acquired them, I think that was last year or a couple of years ago. So uh, this is the first game in the Ratchet & Clank series that's been ported to PC, and it's scheduled to come out on July 26th. Uh, the main thing with this is uh, it's got ray trace reflections with a whole bunch of different... Um, like levels of uh, detail you can choose from, as well as now uh, ray traced shadows for natural light whenever you're in an outdoor area, which is a a, a pretty pretty neat addition. Um, also, it looks like it's a proper PC port because uh, not only is it going to support like the mouse and keyboard properly with customizable controls, it's also going to support 21 by 9, 32 by 9, and 48 by 9 resolutions for ultra wide or multi monitor setups and it's going to also have unlocked frame rates as well as pretty much all the the latest upscaling technologies so nvidia's dlss 3.0 amd's fsr 2 intel xcss as well as uh, insomniac games own temporal injection which i think is what the game uh, uses on the ps5 
Uh, it also supports NV NVIDIA Reflex for lower latency kind of inputs. Um, and NVIDIA DLAA, which is like a, a version of anti-aliasing that is, uh, I guess, even more like effective than what's traditionally used um, by, by games. Um, and if you connect to the PC uh, with a DualSense controller, uh, you'll be able to... Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm gonna skip all the kind of the, kind of uh, the smarmy marketing language and just say you're gonna get the dynamic trigger effects and you're also gonna get the the the, the enhanced haptic feedback that the Dual Sense offers on the PS5. Uh, except you you'll need to have a wired connection this time. No no wireless connection there. Um, which, yeah, I guess it's not the end of the world, but it must suck if you're like the type of person who connects your PC up to like a TV and or you might have it in the living room or you might stream it across the like you know from one room to another but oh well that's uh yeah otherwise like it looks like it's going to be a solid PC release but who knows <sighs> like Last of Us took took like a couple of months to kind of it's it's now playable and then we'll see what happens <laughs> even going forward <laughs> I love hearing about about the games I play yeah, it was, yeah, um Post-launch DLC. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can now enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, just lastly, there was a rumor that CD Projekt Red was getting bought by Sony. Mm -hmm. That's been squashed. End of statement. <laughs> There's nothing much actually to say there, except that I think the only thing I said is that um, there was a quote saying we're not available for sale, um, which is a weird thing for a publicly traded company to say that are literally yeah. always for sale, but. Um, yeah, otherwise that's not happening. So yeah. yeah, that's that's the end of the news, I think. Yeah, which was <laughs> a big one. <laughs> yeah, big it was. So yeah, that was a pretty big pretty big week in gaming, uh, uh especially for PlayStation fans. So how about we switch things over and talk about uh some of the some of the things we've been playing and watching over the past week. First of all, I've been playing more Breath of the Wild. Mm. I just finished... Sorry, spoilers for people who haven't played it. Uh, I've met up with the Zoras, Prince Sidon, Sidona, and his dad, uh, Lady Mipha, and took on the Divine Beast Ruta, or Varuta, basically the, the giant elephant stuck in the lake. Yeah. And I've done that. That was kind of cool. Um... I got two out of the three Zora pieces of armor. I didn't realize that I was meant to get a camera rune. And then as part of the quest to help this lady, I uh, take a photo of the Lionel, like that lion, half man, half lion beast up on the hill. And then she gives me like uh, uh, like boots that are like Zora themed. And I'm like, yeah. damn it, I want to complete the set. But I've finished that Divine Beast quest. So... I don't know if I can... So i got to find the shrine that has the camera rune, right? So now... I don't know. Can I still do that quest going after the fact? I wonder. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're ever locked out of anything. In yeah. that case, like, I, think, I, yeah, like, I guess you just rune. didn't visit 
the because there's a place um, early on that you're kind of pointed to that I think that's where you get the camera rune because it's not oh, in a shrine, sure. but you're probably not that far off. Kind of. Okay. I don't know. It's not. It's not too tr- much trouble. But you for definitely sure. can go back. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my first horse, who's like, which uh, I looked up. So. The ones that are solid colors, they tend to be harder to tame, and I do not have anywhere near the stamina to do that. So I got one of the easier ones, which is like it had like, it's like a brown horse with like spots on it. So it was like okay, that one basically didn't really put up a fight, and mm. so I was like okay, but because I spent so much time with the Zoras and stuff, I haven't really thought about the horse or anything. <laughs> I haven't really needed to because I'm just like yeah. climbing and and doing all sorts of weird stuff, but. Yeah, now I've got to figure out how to get... Now I've got to get the camera rune so that I can get that third piece of Zora armor so that I can uh, complete the set. Yeah, And I'm really hoping that I'm not locked out. Like, if I did things in the wrong order. I'm like, that, that Oh, you're sucks. really not, no. Like, okay, I'll, that's good. Really, really shouldn't be. <laughs> I'd be shocked <laughs> if you were. Because um, I know what quest you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so I should be... So now I'm just like, okay... Uh, I I'm an idiot. I just real, realized that when you do a tower, it unlocks the map of that region. <laughs> so I was like trying to get to the Lionel, trying to get to like the Divine Beast and everything, but I had no map. So I was just oh. kind of like following like milestones. I was just like kind of like okay, it's kind of significant like rock formations or something, and be like okay, I think I'm je- meant to go in this area. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a bit of an idiot now, so... I think that sounds like an interesting now. way to do it, though, because I was wondering about that as I've been playing it a bit lately, too, yeah. is how um, it's like the map system's pretty great, generally. Like, I don't really mm. have any problems with it, but I was wondering how it would be if I had less uh, knowledge of my environment as, like, matter of fact, you know? Because, like, okay. usually, so far, because i played it before, but I, it's not like I remember everything. So I've been going for the towers when I get mm. into a new... Like, if I'm in an area where I don't have it, I'm mainly aiming for the tower as I'm yeah. moving into it. Um, what I do think is probably the intended direction, but you don't have to, obviously. It's just that yeah. the way that... The scope of the game kind of... Um, it the, the world dwarfs you so considerably that I think it's hard not to want to map most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially because, like, if you look up a guide or something and they're like, oh, make sure you go to this named thing and you're like... What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> like, uh, so that's that's why I was just um, yeah. So I think what I'm gonna do now is I think I'm gonna because now that I finished that quest, I'm just kind of on my own. I'm like I think I'm like kind of inching towards the Gorons. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like kind of the game naturally makes you go towards that path. So I think I'm gonna go back and like do all the shrines and like the plateau and everything, like okay. not the plateau, like the the second area you're in, you know, the lowlands, mm-hmm. and then. Because I've got, like, five... Like, my stamina sucks and my heart suck. So, it's, like, very, like, cumbersome getting from... Like, you just have to... It, it's just very annoying. So, I'm just like, okay, I better get that stuff up by collecting the... Like, the orbs from each of the um, the shrines. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, because I've been... I'm basically at the same point you are. Like, I'm closer to the Goron stuff now. Like, I'm, I got gotcha. to... Yeah. Like, I just got through that part yesterday. Um, yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, basically the same thing where it's like after the Zora, I was kind of surprised at how little direction you're given because it felt yeah. like the first areas give you pretty strong direction because the way the area is designed mm. really only pushes you in one way, one direction. Like it doesn't, 
it'll restrict you entirely, but it's it's more forceful in how where it wants you to yeah. go. And then after yeah. the Zora thing, at least didn't what like you're basically at the intersection of like three different regions, and it doesn't okay. give you like it basically says like go get the rest of them like the other three. Yeah. So I guess like the idea would be to go go to the closest one, which I think is the Goro mm. one. So the that makes la- sense. The last thing I can think of, like the only reason why I know that. The, the last thing is, you know, that king guy that you meet, you know, the old man who turns out to be the king. He's like, okay, first point of business, go to Kakariko Village, right? And to get to there, you kind of go through the Zora thing and you meet the prince and, you know, you go through that quest. So I think the game is pretty, I think that's pretty obvious that you're meant to do that first, like that Zora mission first. Yeah. on Because on the way to Kakariko Village is when you run into the Zoras because you, you have to go through that ravine and, and do that. So I think that's why, I think that's why I'm like, okay. So the the game wants me to go go to Kakarika Village. Maybe I'm meant to go there first before I do like the other stuff. So that's why I'm like, okay, I know I got to go there. Let me just go climb, find these towers, and do all these shrines, so that I can kind of level up my character. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think I was sho- I was just as shocked as I was the initial time. Is just how hard enemies hit you. Yes. Um, for oh it's my like God. it's interesting how hard it makes for you like it's it never really i don't think it gets like you get better armor and you get more health but mm. enemies on average are like pretty quick to take all of it because <laughs> yes. you can make eat food so easily too so it's yeah. like i get why it's interesting the way they've had to balance things out like it's mm. you know these are not new conversations to have about breath of the wild but it's like um it <laughs> I'm is just like, coming to it seven years late yeah but it's reminded me all about it too yeah. It's like, you know, it's like you have like seven hearts. And it's like, oh, they're all gone. Better eat this like food that gives me 10 hearts. In the hearts. middle of a match. <laughs> in the middle of a like, It's yeah. so silly. It's just um, like I love the fact that it just knows that it's a video game. It's like we don't need to like there has to be no law justification for why you're stopping in the middle of an attack to eat mm. like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, that's the funny thing because like. Like on the way to the Zora is like one of the things is like, hey, look out behind you, Link. There's a giant thingy with a with a like one of the giant enemies. So I didn't even fight that guy. I'm just like, fuck this guy. I'm out. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Like that's like, that's yeah. kind of good about it as well. It's like yeah. it really trying to. Um, it's interesting for uh, any game really. Hmm. Like it's not a stealth game, but it's one yeah. that really um, encourages and tries to teach the player as best it can to yeah. be. Um, thoughtful about what Mm. the fights the combat they're getting into and like everything else really but it's trying to always be making the player feel more considerate of what they're doing rather than just rushing headfirst into this looks Mm. fun but it gives you enough tools to do this looks fun kind of stuff anyway you know like i was like i want to go climb up there and you usually (laughs) can it it, it doesn't prevent you but it tries Mm. to warn you off doing dumb things (laughs) yeah like uh and like i i got up high enough in the hills and then I'm just like, oh, wait, I see the beast. Okay, it says I'm meant to go kill it. Okay, I'm just going to go there. Before I even, um, before I even, uh, uh, like, approached, uh, before I even approached the guy, like, uh, I went to the Zora domain or whatever. I was just like, oh, yeah, divine beast. Yeah, let me jump down here. Let me try to swim to him. Up, oh, can't do that. And then, it, and I'm like, okay, I'll get up on a hill, and then I'll land on him. And then he's just like, bam, bam, defenses, and he kills me. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do, I'll do the dialogue that you said. And then, even getting to Zora's domain, I think there's like a way that's like ground level to get to it. 
I didn't do that. I just like I was looking oh. the hill. I was like, oh, I see it. I just floated down to it. Oh, okay. Because I went yeah. the long way, and it takes a while. It's like yeah, it's no, a nice little quest. So I was just like, like, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm meant to go there. Well, it's right there. I can just paraglide yeah. down to it. So I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of um yeah, because I couldn't figure out how to get to it. Like I, mm. I just because like there, there was like like two kind of mountains next to each other with similar paths and it just like kind of like what, what am i meant to do so i just like oh fuck it i'm just gonna glide down as soon as i saw it so but it's cool that the game doesn't like kind of penalize you for that yeah exactly like there's yeah. so much there's like a freedom to the game that is mm. you know it made an impact for a reason when it came out yeah and i, I imagine tears is it's kind of similar tears is doing the same thing <laughs> even though yeah. i don't like i I know I'm, I'm very curious because neither of us know really. Um, Kai does, <laughs> so yeah. maybe he'll bring it up the uh, next uh, other weeks. Um, but like, it's amazing how it's kind of um, refreshed that conversation that mm. started with Breath of the Wild, and now it's like tears has come up again. It's like, oh, that's right, we love this stuff, <laughs> and yeah. but now it's like you know in a slightly different way. Mm. Mm. And and it's also like this has finally made me appreciate the portability of the Switch because like I mean while i was working i would be like playing the switch on the commute like on the train and looking forward to it and, and like i've owned the switch since they did that refresh in 2019 but never actually played more than maybe half an hour at a time until like breath of the wild so i've tried different games but this is the one that really kind of hooked me and i'm like yeah this is genius the fact that i can just continue the game where i let, like i know this is all revelations that happened in 20 17 whenever the switch came out but <laughs> the, i'm just getting to it very late <laughs> yeah um speaking of not playing yeah. switch games timely i just mm. i like because i have like i've constructed a list of games i want to play and i'm playing yep. and stuff like that and i realized okay. today i realized I was, i've been piling up like first party N nintendo releases lately okay and i counted them today and i've got uh -oh. six to play <laughs> okay <laughs> like that that's not a huge amount but it's a lot for full price game releases i barely touched any of Cause like, what have I got? I've got um, cause I have it up now. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> I have uh, Pokemon Scarlet. I played like three hours, and then it's like I I didn't drop it intentionally, but it was partly. It's like, oh, wait till it gets patched up a little bit, and it'll be a bit nicer. Gotcha. And that never really happened, so I'll probably have to come back to it, <laughs> whatever, because <laughs> it's not going to get better anyway. Uh, Bayonetta three, mm -hmm. um, Tears of the Kingdom, which I yep. you know already own. Metroid Dread, which I actually forgot I bought. What? Which is bad. <laughs> uh, Splatoon 3, which yeah. I also barely touched. Um, and Astral Chain, which oh, is that okay. Platinum game from a yes. few years ago, which is like also... <laughs> I was yeah, like, I forgot I, I had... Like, I knew, I was, I knew that it was getting higher in number, but I didn't realize it got to six already. I was like, oh, that's bad. I need to start yeah. playing them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like I got Advance Wars. I've got like Super Mario Odyssey that I have to play. Oh, wait, no. Mm. So not Odyssey, sorry, Super Mario 3D World, world. Yeah. with Bowser's Fury. So I got that, and then I and then I got I've got I that bought, too. I don't have that on my uh, list. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought um Advance Wars the one and two the reboot camp like a month ago. It didn't right. really hook me, like I don't know. And then I was I, I didn't, but I was like I felt guilty. I'm like oh, I shouldn't get Zelda because I haven't finished that game. And then I was like oh no, f it. It's time to play some zelda and then just been hooked on zelda i can't think of i don't, I don't want to play anything else but zelda yeah um which is good sign mm. of a good game i think yeah it's like, nice having game. that feeling once in a while yeah yeah um 
Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll run through because I've been playing a bunch of games. I just won't go too mm. far into them. I've been playing um, Halo One because I, I on Game Pass. Nice. Um, nice. It has it let, makes you download all of it, and then you can select which select games to uninstall. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a, a Master Chief Collection, right? Yeah, which makes sense yeah. for Game Pass. Like it probably makes yeah. more sense to do it that way than trying to do it piecemeal through mm. the way Game Pass gives you games. Um, I've been playing the Gunk, which is the from um, Image and Form. Now they uh, as I understand it, they're named Thunderful Games. And they're the ones who made the Steam World titles. Ah, yes. So I was going to say Thunderfall sounds. Familiar. Yeah. So that that's their publisher. Like they own them, and then they were yep. renamed to just Thunderfall as well. So I guess it's like their main studio, something mm. like that. Um, yeah, which is very interesting as someone who's played the rest of their games. Um, mm. It's got a lot more connections to Steam World Dig than I expected. Oh, okay. It feels weirdly similar, even though it's like a three D platformer Metroidy thing. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh yeah, and lastly, I played Halls of Torment, which was um a vampire survivors like again. <laughs> um, if I yeah, for those who remember, I played a few of them. Um, it's one that just came out in early access. Um, it's yeah based on it's inspired by Diablo one and two. It's got that okay. look to it. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, it fixes a lot of the problems I have with vampire survivors. Um, and why like because vampire. Uh, it's getting kind of in the weeds a bit, but I don't. Part part of the reason I've kind of like really moved on from Vampire Survivors, even though it's gotten DLC over the last year or so, that like mm. adds a lot to it. Is that like the way builds work in that game is that you're kind of each individual weapon that you can pick up confused with one only one other weapon. So it kind of okay, and those fused ones are better than whatever you can get normally. I um, mean, you can only pick up six. So the way you usually go once you know what you're doing and know what stuff um, fuses together is that you kind of try to um, select weapons in the order that you can kind of like fit in new ones as new spots come up yeah. as you're progressing through a level. So it's like okay. you want to get, you know, you don't you don't want to get locked in by accident into a build that mm. if, you know, unplanned one that doesn't have exactly what you intended to do. Got you. Because it's hard to explain exactly. But basically, it's kind of like inventory management, which is <laughs> oh, not... Wow. It's fun in a way, but it's also... It feels very restrictive for yeah. the kind of game it is. Um, and I okay. don't love that about it. Anyway, yeah. this one doesn't do that, which is... like Most of them don't. A lot of these, mm. like, spin-offs, sort of. But um, this one, it, it feels closest to Vampire Survivors while also okay. fixing a lot of the issues I had with it. So it's yeah. um it just came out, so I've already stopped playing it because I played like eight hours in two days, and oh. then, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is uh, a good chunk of time. Um, yeah. But it's like <laughs> I like a lot of what it does, but it's like it's just came out in early, early access, mm. and so hopefully it's finished in like six months or so, and then I'll come back to it and do the rest. Okay, because otherwise I'm just oh, gonna okay. burn myself out on it too much, and I and this is the gun. Want to come back? To... No, that this? one's on um, Halls of Torment. Is what Halls it's called. Halls of Torment. Okay, got yeah. You. Um, yeah, so I've been playing those three games lately. I don't think there's anything else. I think it's just those. Uh, I will far, say, how far into Halo One did you get? I'm about halfway through ish. I'm kind of surprised how long it feels. It um, is a very long game because <laughs> I think apparently it's about ten hours, which I think by a shooter campaign standards is kind of long. long. Yeah. yeah, but it, it can it's be like longer the... if you're playing on high difficulties, I guess. Like really I'm not. <laughs> I started on heroic and then I bumped it down because I wasn't having a good time. Yeah. Um, 
but it's like it's it's not just that the game is probably literally long it's also the levels themselves are like yes long like i remember them being big and sandboxy but yeah. i was surprised at how long they take you in a yes. way that's not bad it's just like it's very unique especially the uh the library or the one that's like it's just the same car like same confusing corridor again <laughs> yeah. and again like yeah i think i've done that one floating around Mm. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I, one, I quite like that one, but it's like I yeah. do wish they were able to mix up the environments a bit better because I was getting lost. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Last thing I'll say about Halo, the, la- the one thing I was surprised by after having not played it in mm. a long, very long time, and mm. not having played it much in the first place, mm-hmm. is how much it feels like a retro shooter. Um, like you know, as in like okay. a old you know Doom level sort mm. of like in terms of. Um, you know, like the main gun has like the worst accuracy, like so much of it's about like positioning <laughs> in a way that those yeah. games kind of are. It's like, it's less about accuracy generally and yeah. more about trying to maneuver yourself around the enemies in ways that gets you, um, yeah. that lets you live basically. <laughs> also, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised at how um, grenade heavy it is as well. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. But it's like, it's very grenade heavy in a way yes. where it's like, you're constantly getting grenades. So you're constantly using them, which is like, yes. In high, like you when I think about them. it, it's like that's what I want from games more is to be able to use explosives freely. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you don't have to be the most accurate shooter in in the Halo games, but obviously in the the higher campaign, like the higher difficulty, like heroic and legendary, like you do really need to be smart about. You can actually run out of ammo and things like that. Um, mm. But yeah, the grenade grenades definitely they are your best friend, especially if you can like. Especially like um like more stronger enemies, like the elites and stuff, versus like especially hunters. Like oh, they used to hunters used to take forever to kill. Like right. I think like back then you didn't you didn't quite figure out that you know you had to shoot the orange bits. So you just like, yeah you kill them. Um, and you don't know what worked. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think in I think the anniversary edition changes mm. it because I. I I played it with mostly the new visuals and then I, gotcha. then I changed it to original visuals, which I think is still kind of updated in some big yeah. ways, but it, I, I like the look of it a bit better personally. The, uh, the old I, visuals? Yeah, because it looks a little bit Me darker too. and Me moodier. Too. Yeah, I, I, like I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. yeah, it's interesting the way they've changed enemies over time because they have some mm. of them have a very different look. Yeah. And yeah, and they didn't speak English and things like that. Like the first game was very... Um, yeah, like, I, I remember playing it, like, the month it came out with with my family friend, and yeah, it was completely different. Um, It was, like, a different, like, type of shooter than what you'd be used to if you mm. were coming from console. I guess on PC, they already had, like, pretty advanced shooters, but coming from, like, a GoldenEye or a Perfect Dark, like, this was, like, a big step up. Mm. Yeah, so I'm I'm very interested to see how the next games um change mm. things, if it does, because, mm. like, I just don't remember much of the series anymore. Like, last one I played would have been, like, ODST or something, like, in high school. It's been a long time. Yeah. And I'm excited to play that one, too. It's like, that I was remember, good. I, yeah, like, I remember it being very good. Mm. Um, uh, was, oh, the last thing, sorry. I keep saying one last thing, but <laughs> actual last thing. Um, I was I wanted to play it partly because I got a new Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, it, it makes certain games easier. And Game Pass doesn't. Um, Windows is pretty specific about it. It's it's very exclusive with its controller setup. Um, yeah. So it's um, I mean I have an emulator for my like PS4 controller yeah. that works fine, but it's like 
I haven't used the Xbox controller in a long time either, so I was thinking, like, oh, that'd be fun, you know, actually having that and playing Halo with it. Anyway, yeah. I stopped doing that because the PC controls feel so much nicer, which I was very surprised by. Um, like as I, I guess, mouse and keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm just, I was surprised like how much better it feels than mm. like maybe it's just because it's an older game as well and stuff like that. I was, I was expecting that to be a bigger difference, but um, there wasn't really. Yeah, because I think also like it's sort of like cheats because I think. Because there was a there was a PC release of Halo One that was done by Gearbox back in the day, but I don't believe the master. I don't believe like Halo, like combat, like the anniversary edition of that was based on that version. I think it was still based on the Xbox version. So I can imagine uh. that, like having mouse, like having PC controls in a game that was built around, you know like the limitations of the Xbox controller and the, you know, the, or like yeah. playing with the controller and the latency of the movement and everything like that. Like it's like PC, like the PC controls would just be like, a, it's like having a cheat code sort of. And obviously, yeah. That I makes think, sense. Yeah. 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 I um, think for me, I still prefer to, I'm weird. Cause I still prefer to play the, um, like I played Halo Infinite mostly. Like I played the campaign with a controller, and then I switched to mouse and keyboard for the multiplayer. I don't know. Just, right. There's just something about like the way Halo. Like for me, I think it's the nostalgia. That it's like okay, mm. it's Halo. I played on it on an Xbox controller. So yeah, there's. I think I still prefer to play that way, even though I know it'd probably be better, like easier to control with the mouse and keyboard. Maybe. Well, it's like I'm, I'll definitely try the um, next ones with a controller. Mm. Mm. Like, I think I, I kind of figured it had more to do with this game in particular. I mean, maybe yeah. not, but like I'll imagine, you know, there's differences in controller setup. But maybe the Master Chief Collection ended up flattening a lot of that stuff anyway. So I'm, I don't really know. Uh, from what we know, the the game that got the most attention in that collection was Halo 2. Oh, okay. So Halo, because. Halo One Anniversary Edition already existed on the 360. It was like a 2011. It was like a late 360 game. Mm. Whereas and then, whereas the Master Chief Collection, like Halo Two, was pretty much the hero, like, like the game that got the most attention. It got all new cutscenes, all new graphics, and all sorts of stuff. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Another thing during Halo One, I accidentally found one of the Anniversary Edition cutscenes, and it really threw me off because it, it has mean? like. Um, anniversary, like I looked it up, like it's because um, they added terminals to the first game, which okay. other games have. But I ended yeah. up unlocking like the one I found has like this like three minute cutscene of uh, Guilty Spark, mm-hmm. and it's like this like weird like kind of um, it's almost like a oh not stop motion comic. It's like it's a lot of like flat art yes. animation. Yes, gotcha. Uh, which I was really thrown off by. It's like this definitely wasn't in the original release, <laughs> no. right? And they disappear when you um, toggle down to, <laughs> to um, old graphics. Like the terminals just aren't there, um, which I found kind of interesting. Like you have to oh, be playing really? in new graphics oh. to eat for that those objects to even exist. Oh, um, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's... um. Anyway, I found that strange. I, I was kind of surprised I could even get to it because it's like, I haven't played this game before and it feels like it's revealing a lot of stuff that I wasn't meant to know already. Yeah. Um, which I think it might have, but... It doesn't matter. Yeah, because basically the only law that existed at that time was in the instruction manual. Like that's how I found out that John, like about the Spartan program and how there were clones and and like you know, oh, okay, they were stolen as children and things like that. Like that's not really, that's not really said in the games. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's like because I'm trying to pay attention to the story as well. Yeah, because you know, like Halo is just something I have like a very limited 
uh, familiarity mm. with on a bunch of levels. Even though like yeah. I played through three a bunch, but I was like I couldn't tell you anything about what happened. Um, even at the time, <laughs> that's the only one I haven't finished. Oh, sorry, oh, okay. I haven't finished three and I haven't finished Re- Reach, which right. are widely considered the two best games in the series. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because I want to play Reach yeah. as well. Because we have a copy on 360, but I just never played yeah. it much. And yeah, I don't know. It's nice. To, like, if there's anything to, like from Game Pass, that's like you know, it's like, it's nice having access to all of it. Mm. With, rather Did than Reach get to... added to the collection eventually? Yeah, like ODST okay. did as well. It's like all yeah. of it's there, I think. Because I remember ODST was kind of like a it was kind of like a make good for how poorly Master Chief Collection like <laughs> launched. They like by, right. um three four three and Microsoft like. <laughs> hey, we'll make a we'll add Halo three ODST, or I guess now it's known as Halo ODST as a free add on, and then I think Reach might have been another expansion to that that came later on. So hey. Mm. That's I guess like that's a cool way to play them all. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's I actually talked a little longer than I meant to there, but it's like that's that's what I've been playing lately. Those three oh, games awesome. the last couple weeks. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. I guess um, you know, I watched Fast Ten. I just oh. <laughs> I forgot that I watched Fast Ten last week. It's not very good. It's. <laughs> Right. How did you feel about Fast Nine? Because I've seen a lot of people feeling strongly about how much they didn't like Fast Nine, and I didn't, I didn't really mind care Fast too much. Nine. Like I okay. think Fast Eight was better. Fast Nine was like still good. <laughs> His title sounds so dumb when you say it out loud. Oh, uh, was it Fast Nine or Fast and Furious Nine? Because I know there was Fate of the Furious, which is kind of cool. Like that was yeah, like a better. cool kind of yeah. yeah. And then Fast, Fast and Furious Nine, and then Fast Ten, and technically, <laughs> it's. Because it, it, basically, this ends on a cliffhanger. It sets up like this is meant to be like a, excuse me, Twilight slash Harry Potter style two-part ending of the series. So this is the first part of the end of the. Well, film. I think Vin Diesel recently. <laughs> yeah, and then like... he said that <laughs> instead of being a two-parter, we might make it a trilogy. <laughs> like as in the last, the the last arc of the story is a trilogy and. Okay, it, like this is the one that it's just like they're just not even trying anymore. Like even in the last one, it was kind of like, yes, they went to space, but the other stuff around it was like okay, like it was kind of like all right. But then in this one, like the CG, like the physics, the CGI, like there's, it's just. It just doesn't even like nothing really has weight and nothing really moves realistically or anything like that anymore. Like mm. it's just <laughs> the main yeah. thing I remember from Fast Nine because I've forgotten a good chunk of it now um, is like when Vin Diesel's character like is like mm. Dom is getting surrounded by goons and yeah. he's like he's like throwing his arm about and like destroying like these like steel yes like they, guardrails and stuff like what are you how are you he, doing this? he is basically that like it, it like he's basically a he's like wolverine-esque healing powers or something like, what does he <laughs> yeah and he's basically like got the strength of the hulk like, this this movie is just <laughs> who needs the avengers when you got dom <laughs> yeah it, pretty much and like yeah it's it's so silly like it's just so somehow uh, the things that happen in this and the way they happen make Fast and Furious 9's like kind of space escapade like seem more realistic than this. 
Yeah, because I never had much problem with the space stuff. I think um, I think most people just laugh at it more than I guess I just I don't know. I, I didn't think yeah. much about it, but it's yeah. like the whole John um, Cena like unknown brother thing. Yeah, that's really hard to buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very uh, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I've got to know that. The thing is, like, none of this, and and also, like, is he? He's so we we get we get introduced to uh, um, Dom's grandma in this. But it's like, so is he Latino or is he Italian? Because like Toretto is a Italian oh, surname. Yeah, right. But they all yeah. speak like they're Spanish. Like they've they've got Spanish background. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like they call each other abuela. Like they call her abuela, which is Spanish for grandma, right? And like, it, it's so weird. And <laughs> I just don't get this. Uh, like. The, they're three siblings, like John Cena, Vin Diesel, and Jordana Brewster. Like two of those are as like Caucasian and Anglo. Like, like they're pretty obviously not, you know, ethnic looking. And whereas like Vin Diesel, he looks like Italian. Like he, like he looks yeah, like he does, guess. yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like he, like he, I'm pretty sure he is from like New York or New Jersey. Like he kind of does look like that, but in California. Yeah, he's got such a weird look about him nowadays because he's gotten like no, like he does look bad. Like I'm not trying to be critical. It's he just looks like droopy because it's like a little bit. Like age has kind of had a, a certain effect on him because like The Rock yeah. is very similar, but he's got yeah. like he's got a very um, I guess public lineage. Yeah. Um, so he's you know got uh, he's from Hawaii, right? And yeah. but his dad yeah. is African American. Yeah. Um. And that's where he comes from, but it's like with I think it's like it's I I none of this matters I guess I'm trying to just put it together. Where it's like Dom kind of reminds like oh not Dom Vin Diesel reminds me of that a bit where he just like kind of looks yeah um unclear though it, mm. it, it you know obviously it doesn't matter but it is like yeah. interesting about a franchise that is so uh, it's almost founded on diversity at this point like the entire yeah. cast is extremely diverse yeah. um and like <laughs> yeah. Dom is oh, like oh wow yeah. <laughs> pretty funny it's like it's like a dumb exists in this like really <laughs> unclear vet like um center of the venn diagram of everyone yeah. else <laughs> it is funny because like jason momoa who's also i think he's also got polynesian heritage right mm-hmm. and he pretty much he does look very like the rock like it's very like visually kind of he embraces it uh, like he has his head like he he really embraces it in his other roles and the way he speaks and, and the way he carries himself but then in this he's meant to be the flamboyant son of a brazilian like right. mafia don <laughs> which is pretty funny and it's just like like his character here is like pretty much he does like he does the he does a very good job of being like a character you hate like you want to hate right? yeah i've heard good things about him yeah like he 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 kind of he does a good job here but it's just like it's just like one of the set pieces is involves a giant like basically like a giant marble floating through the streets of Rome, right? But because it's all CGI and like and because of CGI, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have enough like time or you know there've been a lot of like there's been a lot of crunch in that industry recently. But it's like it doesn't feel like there's any weight to it. Like it just. F- it just didn't look... It's like you're not even trying anymore to have any practical effects mixed in or anything like that. So mm. the, the movie 
doesn't feel very like not grounded, but it it doesn't feel like the action set piece, set pieces are like very fun. Like they they don't have right. that kind of impact that you you know like that that you expect from like when you when you mix CGI with practical effects. Like you know, it's like, like it doesn't have like a layer of reality. Yeah, that, like, exactly. Like there's an uncanny like valley there, which I mean, hey, we're talking about a franchise that has jumped the shark a few times, but it's jumped yeah, the ocean. Just, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, um, also there is like there's like. Brie Larson's character is like introduced as the daughter of the Kurt Russell character from a couple of movies ago, and is also the sib- the sister to the Scott Eastwood character from a couple of movies ago. Like, it's just oh, kind of like, I am. <laughs> yeah, like he's just kind of like nothing in. The, I don't even think he's referenced in the last movie, but I think he was in the one before. Oh no, he he was in the last one, but not the one before. It, I don't know. Like, um, but it's just like now they got that other yeah. guy. Yeah, his place because I know there's the other Jack character. Reacher. Yeah, he looks yeah. very similar. Actually, I like him a lot as an actor too. And it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> there's two like very similar role. I think <laughs> like at some point, like it's just like him with Vin Diesel with like John Cena kind of like melds together. Like they just meet heads. It's just, mm. <laughs> it's just so. I I just uh I don't know, man. Like, I I just wish. Like there, there is like a nice bit where there is like actual reverence for one of the cars, like one of the classic cars featured in the movie, and you could definitely tell that like they really cared and they they gave the right amount of re- like attention to it. But then I don't know. It's just I think it's because like Justin Lin, who directed the like most of the good Fast and the Furious movies, I think he did like I think he did Tokyo Drift. I think he did number five, number seven, and eight, maybe mm. even nine. Like I think. Maybe not having a director like him who really does understand how to make the zany action seem like feel real in some weird way. Like I think him not being there is what I think is making this suffer. Maybe that's what I can really think about. Maybe it's just all like Vin Diesel's just gone off the rails with <laughs> like have you seen him in interviews like for this movie? Like he's so weird. He's just like so bought into this. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's always he's yeah, weird. It's kind of I mean I guess it's just what you describe as a narcissist or something, but it is like there is yeah. something specific about being like a um like full believer of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so like, it's like a yeah. zealot dedicated to your own creations. And I, think, <laughs> and I think the reason why, like, I think him and Rock are like you know they're they're similar age and, and things like that. But I think the reason why the Rock looks better is because. Like from a from a like fitness or from an aesthetic perspective, the rock has got size, but he also has definition in his muscles and his body. Whereas Vin Diesel, like he's just big, but because he doesn't have a lot of definition and they try very hard to kind of hide like a lot of the I'm not say pudginess, but like it just like if if he worked out like the rock and, and made his body look like the rocks, like he would not look as old, I think. Maybe I kind of just assumed. I mean, yeah, maybe I, I assumed it was more to do with um age with uh Diesel's case. Hmm. Like I kind of assumed it was. I don't know. It's like Rock looks absurd generally, 
yeah for someone his age but also just as a person because he's <laughs> a pro wrestler because he looked more ridiculous after he stopped wrestling than he yes. did while he was wrestling especially because like even when he did his comebacks in wrestling like he doesn't look like he looks way more like roided out and stuff in in like his new action movies like i'm watching old the rock he just yeah he just looks like a like a a big guy like he just looks like a big strong guy but then now he just looks like he looks like a i don't know like he looks like a statue or something pretty much right and last time he wrestled because of, i mean it doesn't matter but it's like it last time he wrestled he kind of like destroyed his back or something like he he came out with like a real major injury because because partly because of I, I well i know it's just uh, my understanding of it but it's like because of um you know going into film entirely and kind of building mm. himself very differently i don't know yeah. why we're speculating so much on nexus <laughs> i feel like we're very off track right now i get what yeah. you mean though yeah it's like it's very um i understand the, what you mean with like it like <laughs> in the sense that it's like what you end up focusing on in fast yeah. x is like exactly diesel being so such an oddity yeah 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 and i think the reason we're like talking about like and i guess like with with um yeah, I guess, like, when you talk about him, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson getting injured, I think maybe because back then, like, working out was, like, also functional because you, you had to try and not get injured in those fights. Like, mm. yes, it might be staged and everything like that, but they're still physically doing a lot of the, like, all the stunts in the ring. Whereas, like, in movies, like, I think maybe in movies, like, maybe he wasn't used to not having to do everything, like, to 100% every time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus, like, yeah, so... I don't know. It's it's just, yeah. This is just a it's just a weird mishmash of a movie with like different storylines going on, but nothing really hitting home. Nothing really being, nothing really paying off like well. And then, like the way it ends, like it just goes, like just just forget everything. Just forget all laws of physics. That's what I'm gonna say with this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So when you see it, I'll. Uh, because I don't, I don't think you watch it in cinemas. I I feel like you're gonna wait. <laughs> no, like every other movie, I'm gonna wait. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. No, you're right that I will watch it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll come yeah. up. We'll 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 compare notes then. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's that's gonna do it. I think that that's uh, we're we're over the two hour mark. I think we've uh, I think we've we've spoken enough. Uh, <laughs> I think this episode um, we've got our diesel talk out of the way. <laughs> now we can finish. <laughs> Our mandatory, yes, our court-mandated Vin Diesel talk. Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Double Jump Radio. As always, head over to doublejump.co to read all of our articles and get links to uh, things like our new Discord server, our social media pages and the like. Uh, we'll have some information on our new membership kind of format in the coming weeks, if not uh, when I return uh, in July. But yes, uh, everyone, thank you so much uh, for listening. John, always a pleasure. I'm uh, really excited for you and Kai to be... Uh, to be recording some episodes while I'm away, I'll be a I'll be a listener, not not just a 
the producer on, the, on that side of things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting <laughs> having not <laughs> a lot of new, <laughs> yeah, a um, lot of things to learn and do for the first yes. time on my part. Yes. So, exciting, if things go wrong, exciting and scary times. And a beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, th- thank you, John. Al- always a pleasure, and um, yeah, definitely looking forward to to the episodes that you guys put out. But yeah, until next time, everyone, look out for one another. Peace. See ya.